Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday Night's Freedom for Targeted Individuals, Triumph Over Targeting podcast, and I'm your moderator, Ella. And tonight we have yet another very interesting guest um, who is willing to share her experience, strength, and hope. A couple of things. If you're new to the call, please stay on, and we will get you some support, some helpful links to websites, and connect you with others. You can also visit our website, freedomfortargetedindividuals.org, for further information. This is Solutions, Educational, and Activism-Based podcast but that the views and opinions of my guests and participants are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. But my goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions for guests, questions, or in need of additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com. And I'm sorry if I have not responded um, quickly to some of the emails that I'm getting. Um, some of them require lengthy responses, and I've just been kind of recovering, as many of you know, um, so have a little patience with me. And I'm also receiving maybe 150 emails a week, so I'm doing my very best to stay on top of them. Um, so have a little patience again. So let's see. So I'm very happy to introduce everyone to Kelly Starr. Are you there? Yes, I am, Ella. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on the show as well. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we've been corresponding for a couple of months, and so it just worked out. And the hours, I, I don't know. What hour? What time is it where you're at? Uh, it's 9.15 here in, at the moment in Perth, in Western Australia. It's a beautiful day okay. today. Okay, it's not as bad as I thought. I was thinking, you know, I don't know the time zones around the globe, but, you know, I'm glad it's not too inconvenient for you. So I know yeah. you want to give a little bit of background about yourself, like, um, where you were, where you're at, and we'll kind of start there, and you know where you grew up, and where you went to school, if you did, and anything, anything you want to share, we'll start there. Yes, yeah, certainly. Okay. Well, I uh, grew up here in Perth. My parents are both from Ireland, and um, I went to school here um, at a, a college called um, Newman Churchlands, um, to which I was also a member of the swimming team. There, I've been a state champion swimmer um, when I was growing up. So. Normally at this time of the morning, I'd probably be down at the Scarborough Swimming Pool. We have a brand new swimming pool here in Scarborough, and um, but I'll go down there later. But um, I have quite an interesting life. Uh, I'm actually transgender, and um, I'm 47 now, but I transitioned when I was 16. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> Just dropping a few things here. And, no problem. Um, thank you. And I've travelled around the world. I've um, lived in London for a few years. Um, I worked over there. Um, I also did some modelling as well. Um, I was even asked to model for Vivian Westwood. I met her at a party once, and she asked me to be in London Fashion Week. And, yeah, and I just, um, I, sorry to interrupt you, sorry? but I've been impressed of you. You are beautiful. I have to say, just oh, a gorgeous. Bless you. Thank you, Ella. You're really kind. I haven't actually seen your picture, but you certainly sound beautiful. I love listening to your voice. Thanks. You too. So, so you were pursuing modeling, and you were, you know, asked to model. And um, so, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I'll let you turn it back over to you. 
Um, yeah, it was. I've done quite a few different things. Um, main, most of the work I did was in Sydney in Australia, which was where I had my um, my gender reassignment surgery, as it was called at the time. And I've had many surgeries. I've actually, I've actually spent um, three hundred thousand dollars on surgery. I've had um, the last magazine article I did, which was uh, in the Woman's Day here in Australia. Um, they mentioned that I'd done 127 surgeries, but we're up to 128 now. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually with... feel as though. Yeah, sorry. That that is uh, that's 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 a lot of surgeries. I mean, you must be one strong woman, and um, you know, maybe you know, when you have a second, you can tell me a little bit about your your the reasons and in your decisions to transition and your in your decisions for the surgery. So I'm very interested in that as well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, I did transition when I was 16. So when I learned about myself at that young age, um, I knew that I had to transition very, very quickly because because um, I was very heavily into sport when I was young. As I mentioned, I was a state champion swimmer. So my physique, I was already six foot tall by the time I was uh, 14. So I knew that if I left left myself transitioning any longer that I probably would have developed a lot more and maybe got even taller. I'm six foot one now, so I wouldn't like to um, have been a lot taller than that because I know that, uh, or when I was growing up, because in the 80s, being tall wasn't considered to be good for a, someone who was transgender, but um, I had a really good role model as in Elle McPherson, so I always looked up to her and I loved her sporty physique. You probably know Elle McPherson. Of course. Have you heard yeah. of her before? Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, good. The body? Yeah. Yeah, I met her in uh, yeah, Los She's a very nice person. She seems to be. Yeah, she's very lovely. Yeah. I wonder what she would think about all this targeting of individuals. Yeah, I don't think she'd be too happy about it, especially being done in her beautiful country of Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty horrific. So so you were, you know, you transitioned and you've traveled and you're a very accomplished person. So yeah. how did you last? Tell me what, what happened? What was the catalyst of change? And when did you notice that something wasn't right? And kind of, you know, the circumstances around that. Yeah, well, it happened a, a year and a half ago. Um, I've been living in my current complex for 13 years. And my neighbours next door, um, the person that was living there before the new neighbours moved in, they had been there for like 10 or 11 years. And during that whole time, they'd given, they asked me twice to turn my music down. So I was never, I've never been a problem to any of my neighbours. Um, these young guys moved in next door to me who play in a band. And I was away at the time when they moved in, so I didn't notice that new people had moved in. And what has happened is the, the agency who is doing this um, the ASIS is the intelligence agency here in Australia. I noticed that the people next door started to listen in on me. Whenever I came home, I would hear what seemed to be their tables and chairs moving outside, and there was like noise next door because my my kitchen my um, lounge window is only literally about four meters away from where they would be sitting in their outdoor area. And mm-hmm. I noticed that they, I noticed I heard noises all the time. Like they would walk in the front door, five seconds later, complete silence from next door. Like I knew that they, I knew I heard a sound there next door and then complete silence. But I've now since come to learn that that would have been the remote neural monitoring device capabilities, um, making sounds, as you know, anywhere around the house, which is audio, audible to normal ear shots of you hearing something. 
so that was my very first um, inkling or my first knowing that there was some type of surveillance taking place and from there it just escalated to um, that was happening on a daily basis and the very first thing that happened was um, they used to, they were playing, well, it wasn't them, obviously, the people I've now know that these young young guys who are really cool, they're in a band, their place has been used as a cover for, what's, for what um, has been done to me. So um, they were, they, the agency who's doing this, they were pretending to play music next door and the music would cut halfway through and it was like they were listening again. So one day I wanted to make them aware that I could listen to, like I knew what they were doing next door because at this time I didn't know that they, it wasn't them next door, if you know what I mean. So I sung along to one of theirs. I sung along to one. I was just singing along in my laundry, which is like close to the fence as well. And then the music cut out. So just jokingly, I thought I will do something a little bit funny to make them aware that I could hear them. So I actually sang in a deep voice. So that's something some girls like us, like to do sometimes amongst each other just to have a bit of fun. I won't do that because I, I don't think I'll sound very nice. <laughs> so um, they, so I sung, I sung along to the song and then after I went, ah, oh, like that as if to say I was laughing. I only did that just to bring it to their attention that, hey, um, I can hear you too next door. Like you're listening to me and I can hear you. So that was the only thing I wanted to do just to make them aware and I thought that might stop. So I thought... And then after I did that, I heard um, a guy go, oh, like this, like this really strange noise as if he was mocking me back, like for, for actually mocking them. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not, that's not a very good start off with new neighbours. So I thought, I'd better go and introduce myself to these people next door. And I went to the front door and the guy at the door, um, front door, his name was Ben, and Ben was really polite. Um, he was a really nice guy. And he actually said to me, would you like to come and have a drink with all of us? Um, there was about um, 15 people all sitting around a table. And I said, I said to him, I said, oh, um, I'd like to, but um, I'll just come in and say hello to everyone and just introduce myself. So that's what I did. I just went to their courtyard area and everyone was sitting out there. and said, hi, my name's Kelly. I'm from next door. I just want to introduce myself. And that was all. Um, this is where it all started um, when I thought something was really bad. As I walked back home from, like I'm literally this next door, so as I walked out the front of my property, walking past their property, getting towards mine, I heard them call out, oh, give, give it up, you old tranny, you're a bit old, love. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I've just been next door to my new neighbours and I've given them a gift. I brought some incense over. I thought that might clear the air. <laughs> and... Um, they said this as I came back, walked back home, and then I sat outside to see my courtyard. I thought, I'll just sit outside and just listen to them for a while and see, what they're, see if they're talking about me and that. So as I sat outside, there was a couple more comments made. And the, one of the things was, one of the guys goes, because um, actually, I've actually worked as an escort as well my whole life as well, or I've done other jobs, but um, escorting is something I have done as well. So I heard um, the male voice, which is the male voice I've been hearing via V2K for last year, um, go, um, I've been there once before. I'm never going to go there again. I'm going to go over there and bash it. And I realized straight away, I thought maybe they've seen me as a customer, these guys next door, and they know that I'm transgender because I don't advertise the fact that I'm transgender when, when I'm seeing my customers. And um, I thought to myself, oh my God, this, these guys next door are really rude to me and they're not very nice to me whatsoever. And um, 
that's when I just started to feel very uncomfortable with these people next door and from there everything just escalated to um, about, um, what was it, it would have been another three weeks went by and during that three weeks unexpectedly my mother passed away. So for about three to six months I knew that they were monitoring me or surveilling me before my mum passed away and then when my mother passed away about two weeks after her funeral the very first thing I heard, which was um, they called out over the fence, they called my birth name, they called out, Michael Tannum is crying over the death of his mum. And that came from my next door neighbour's fence. And I'm like, oh my God, this, I'm, like, I'm like crying in my kitchen about my mother's death. And then this, this was called out over the fence. So um, I'm like, these people are awful. And that was really rude. They knew your and, name. They somehow yeah, knew your birth Yes, um, because I've mentioned before, I've done quite a few things in media. I've been in um, a magazine here in Australia called New Idea Magazine a couple of times. Um, I've also been in Woman's Day Magazine. I've appeared on television on ABC TV on a show called You Can't Ask That. And I've also been in an English magazine. Um, and the appearance in the English magazine is a little bit coincidental because the targeting of me, of me I believe, started probably from about... Um, August or September of um, 2016 and that was when this magazine article came out in England so with learning what I have now about um, England having the most money in the world and with now what I've read is the Freemasons uh, are controlling all the international intelligence aid agencies and therefore owning the intelligence agents and the militaries I thought maybe my targeting has actually come from that magazine article, which was the one article which they didn't portray me in a very good light. The article that was done, it's, they didn't do a very nice picture, and I thought to myself, maybe that's where I could have been ring-fenced, so to speak. And, but you're such, um, you're such a so public, and people, it could be anybody, people were reading about you, you were known, you know, and, and you, yes, you know, obviously... Correct considered different, you know, but I see you just to be a very beautiful woman. And I do want to go back and just say I'm sorry for their insensitivity. It's very sad for me to hear that. But anyways, we'll go back to you. Thank you very much. Yep. So um, that's when I'm um, putting my, getting my charger plugged in. I don't want to, don't want to cut out. There we go. I'm back in now. Um, yeah, so that's when, that's when things started to escalate um, and when they called that over the fence, I think it was actually that day or it was the next day I started to hear the voices inside my home as well. And they were very loud in my home. Um, they were just constantly calling me um, Michael and what they were doing at the very start, they were just going Michael Tanham, Michael Tanham, just constantly over and over for about one to two weeks. And then that escalated after about those one to two weeks I was also very upset about my mother's death and then after that, the constant calling Michael Tannum, it then turned to Michael, um, Michael Tannum, your F-U-S-dash-dash-dash, I won't say the word, in the head. And that was constant. And this is where we were going, I want to, what other way can I say that word? Um, feck, oh, that's what my mother used to say. Michael Tannum, you're fecked in the head. Michael Tannum, you're fecked in the head. Michael Tannum, you're fecked in the head. So I was hearing this on a constant basis and oh my God, I was just, feeling crazy, like I was feeling um, very upset. And I was like, oh, my God, I, yeah, these people, whoever's doing this is awful, so, so, so rude to me. And it must, that's just horrifying. So you, it sounded like it was just in the room initially, the microwave auditory effects? 
Yes, that's right. It started in my bathroom um, and unbeknownst to these people doing this to me, my bathroom wall was very, very thin and they I don't think they knew this and this has been where they have gone wrong because my neighbours heard them through the wall. Um, the neighbours that were there at the time, they moved out after about a month or two and then the people who owned the property who had already lived in the, in the property previously, they moved back, back in after about a month or two of the other people living there because they were renting it out to these people. And because the neighbours that moved back in, they knew the property very well and they knew I was in my home by myself, but they could hear voices through the wall. And as you might know, the voices they were making from the corner of the room, like up towards the ceiling area in my bathroom. And I did make it, I did go to my neighbours next door, who are a lovely couple with two children. And I said to them, I said, hey, something's really strange going on around me. I've, I've, I'm hearing these, these, um, the microwave auditory effects of the voices. And I didn't put it in those terms because I didn't know anything about the terminology at that time. And I mentioned to them, I just said, something's really strange. I don't know what's going on, but I just wanted to let you know that it's something that's unbeknown to me, but there's something strange happening in my home. And for the next 24 hours, I could hear the neighbours next door. I could hear them talking to each other because the walls are very thin, very late at night when everything's silent. You can actually hear the hear through the wall and hear people talking if you listen very carefully. So obviously with their voices, with the, um, with the microwave auditory voices, they were very, very loud in the beginning. And because I knew my neighbours had children next door, I actually said to the people doing this, I said, you people are crazy. I said, there's children next door. What needs to be more important here is the sanity of these children. You need to stop this immediately. They didn't stop, so I decided when they didn't stop for 24 hours, I decided I need to leave here immediately because I was caring about the children next door who were under six years of age. And I thought, I don't want them to think there's some type of poltergeist in the wall or anything like this. So I left my home. Um, I decided to go on a tour on the eastern states to work over there for a couple of weeks. And I thought, because I didn't know about what was going on, I thought maybe by the time I get back, they'll adjust everything that they're doing, maybe the sounds. They don't, the sound levels were all wrong. Obviously, they were if the neighbours were hearing it. And um, I left. But before I left, I, I, this was a really strange thing. I called out to them from the other side, from my bedroom, which was adjacent to the bathroom where they first heard the voices. I called. I said, hi, this is Kelly. You can hear me through the wall. I said, right now, I am going to just think something. And I just thought, I just made I had thoughts and I said to them with my thoughts only I said I'm going to go outside wearing pink shoes you come out right now and have a look at the color of my shoes they'll be pink and I didn't say this to them I literally as I mentioned I just thought it so they used my voice to also travel through the wall as well while when I was only thinking words and this was the if I had recorded that um I suppose I would have had some evidence then, which I'm sort of kicking myself that I didn't think that I should have recorded that at the time. So my neighbours came outside and sure enough, they saw my pink thongs on and he just sort of looked at me and he's like, oh my God, and we didn't really speak very much and I went back inside. So yeah, that was where everything sort of first started. So um, I, as I mentioned, I got on a plane and I left. I went to the Eastern States. I went to um, Brisbane at the time and um, 
on the way on the plane, um, I they were constantly tormenting me while I was on the plane because I actually thought to myself, maybe it only works here in Perth. It might not work when I go on the plane or it might not work when I get to the eastern states. And But lo and behold, of course, as you would know, on the plane, they just were talking to me. So I'm sitting in my seat on the plane, being very, very upset, uh, hearing their voices, and I'm just crying on the plane, just thinking, oh, my God, what on earth is going on in my life? Yeah, so then that went. Then I went to Brisbane and I spent um, the first couple of nights I was staying at a hotel which I'd stayed at before, an apartment complex, a beautiful apartment complex, and um, they were tormenting me really badly. Like during the middle of the night, they was I was heard their voices really loudly, and they were just tormenting me. And I screamed a couple of times and I broke my phone. I thought maybe it's to do with the Wi-Fi on my phone, and I was just didn't beside myself I didn't really know what to do I told a couple of friends about what was going on but I obviously I didn't have any terminology and people were just thinking is Kelly going a bit crazy maybe because her mother has just passed away but um, so I thought to myself maybe I should call the police so I wrongly as I now know called the police and they said come down to the station this was at the Roma Street police station in um, in Brisbane I went down to the police station and they, I spoke to the, the guy on the front desk and he said, just go into that room there, um, just tell this police officer what you've just told me. So I told them the whole story. I said about my voice going through the wall and me thinking and how I think it was my neighbours and all this sort of stuff. And the policeman looked at me and he said, I'm just going to go and I'm going to get someone to come and talk to you. Uh, when they arrive, you just say exactly what you've just told me to them. And he goes, I'm calling the ambulance for you now. And when he said ambulance, I thought to myself, I'm telling you a very serious thing. I'm very sane. I'm speaking very eloquently and I'm speaking with much detail. And I thought, why on earth would they need to call an ambulance for me? And I thought, ah, there's something very suspicious now. And I thought to myself, I need to be very clever about what I now say, said to the, to the ambulance officers because I think I had the little red light when I thought, okay, ambulance, I'm talking about very crazy style stuff, which... Um, to someone who does not understand about um, gang stalking and targeting of individuals and remote neural monitoring and the microwave auditory voices, I thought um, I, I knew then that I had to um, lie to the lie to the ambulance officers. So the policeman who told me to say exactly what I said to him, he was standing there and the ambulance officers were there listening to me so instead of saying, I'm hearing the voices inside my house, I changed it to the voices coming over the fence. So I pretended that the, because they did make me believe that they were next door. So I thought, okay, I'm going to change it to the voices inside. I'm going to say they're calling out from over the fence just to, just to get away from the hearing voices thing, which I thought to myself, I already knew straight away. I thought hearing voices, that's a schizophrenic type thing. Um, and people can wrong. I could get wrongly diagnosed as being schizophrenic, which is, as course, as you know now, which is what the um, the DARF or the NSA and here in Australia, the ASIS um, agency, the intelligence agency, wants people to believe that people are insane or they're schizophrenic or bipolar, any type of mental disorder. So um, when I told the story to the ambulance officers. Um, I, this is quite funny because I still remember the look on the policeman's face. He looked at me with such disgust and he was so angry with me. Um, he was just like, he got through and breathed. 
he was really angry. He looked at me with this horrible look, but I was just sitting there, like sort of like a little bit of a smirk on my face. And I'm telling the ambulance, I thought, I'm I'm not going in that ambulance. There's no chance because I spoke, I spoke very very um, perfectly, so to speak. I'm very clever to pick up on things like that. So I told them my story, but I changed from hearing voices. I said it, they called out from over the fence, and that helped me. So I did not go in the ambulance that day, and they let me go. Thank God. And yeah, that's when um, friends um, back in here in Perth who I'd been talking to, and my sister, I think I'd mentioned, or maybe, no, that's right, one of my friends called my family up saying that they were very worried about me because I was starting to tell my friends about what's happening. And, of course, I didn't know how to explain everything, and they called one of my family members. And one of my friends who was a very good friend of mine, like she's... um, she decided to come and stay with me in Brisbane, but she kept on saying, you need help from the doctors. She goes, I'm going to come and help you. I'm going to get a nurse to come out and come and see you every day. And, but when she arrived, she just like, well, you should go to the hospital. I'm like, but didn't you say you were coming here to help me and you were going to get nurses to help me? I thought, what are you doing to saying go to the hospital? I said, I don't want to go to the hospital. I said, there's nothing wrong with me. There's something else is happening in my life. I don't have a mental problem. And she just wouldn't take that. So... I mean, I don't blame anyone for not believing in this because it is it does sound like someone is schizophrenic or something like that when you try to explain it without having the correct terminology. And since I've now found out that the whole program was devised by psychiatrists and psychologists, that's, of course, it's made to make people look insane. So I don't blame any of my friends. I don't blame anyone who does not believe it. But all I can do is explain it to people. And if they don't want to take that in and don't want to read enough about it to gain the information about it, well, that's their decision. I don't blame anyone because if I heard it from someone else, I would be too sceptical and I would try and find other answers like, are you sure you're okay mentally and is there something wrong with your brain or all those type of things. But um, So that's where, that's where things sort of began on that level with my friend coming to see me. And um, she was very nice and... but. Um, during that time of me being away, normally I would go away and I would make very good money and I'd come back home um, with more, with a lot of money and the people doing this to me, they kept on telling me that every customer that rang up to see me, they said, do not answer that phone call. That's the Australian Federal Police. Um, we are from an international crime group. We are trying to get you into our group. And they said, you have to do exactly as we tell you. If we, If you don't do exactly as we tell you, we are going to do this to your whole family and we're going to take all your family's money. And they threatened harm to my family as well. And I was very frightened, of course, and I was doing as they were telling me to do. They said, don't answer that call. So I wouldn't answer the call. They said, go to bed now. I'd go to bed. And then that then escalated to, you have to come and get in a car. So that's, um, they tried, they said, you have to get into a car. And on two two occasions before the actual event of me actually going up to a car, which they told me to get into, um, they had they sort of did like a couple of dummy dummy attempts of me saying, "There's the car there, get into that car." And I actually walked up to this woman's car and I went to open the door, but I wasn't sure. I said to them, "I said, well, can't you just like wind the window down, or so I know it's definitely the right car to get into because I didn't want to hop into the wrong car." And this woman sort of looked at me a bit funny and she went to lock the door and I thought, well, that can't be the right one. So I walked away and I didn't say anything. And then one or two days went by and then they said, now you have to go to bed now. Go to bed early. You'll be waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning 
and they said, today you are going to become a missing person. And, and they said, but if you don't do this, we will do this to your whole family and take all your family's money. And they said, you're coming to work in an international crime organisation and when you're seeing your customers, you'll be t we'll be taking down their credit card details and we'll be stealing money from them. And that was what they told me. They said, you're going to live this glamorous lifestyle. You'll be wearing all these designer clothing. They said, you can't bring anything with you. You can't bring your watch. Um, you can't bring your mother's bracelet. I have a beautiful charm bracelet my mother gave me, uh, which was, sorry, it was, my, it was my mother's and was something I wanted when she passed away. They said, you can't bring anything. Um, even my, this is something funny, uh, when I was little, my nickname was Pixie and I had a little rug, a baby rug. And it was called Luggy and I do have that still. And they said, you can't bring your little rug. I said, can't I have it made into a top? They said, no, but when you're going to go overseas, you can't have any, we have to, we have to get you onto a plane in a disguise so no one can recognise you. And I thought, oh, this is all so strange. And I said, but can't I just bring my little rug, like, can't, can't I make it into a top or something? And I said, maybe you can do that, which was really silly, but... That's it's the truth. And um, so on the night, on the actual night when there was a car for me to get into, they said, go outside now. And they said, follow that man. And there was a blonde haired man. He was about six foot tall. Um, he would have been about 27 years of age. He looked like he could have been Australian or from New Zealand or he could have been um, English or American. He was, um, he had fair hair and he was about six foot tall, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a belly. Um, I call him um, Mr. Pizza Boy or something, like he's had like half, a, 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 like um, 20, 24 cans of beer and a pizza on a Friday, a couple of pizzas on a Friday night. He looked very attractive though. He was a very good looking guy. Anyway, I followed him out the front. He did two loops at the front of the property and then they said, that's the car there, get into that car. So I walked I walked um, past the car and I looked at the female driver and she looked at me and I walked around to the passenger side of the car. I opened the door and I looked at her once and then there was a pink scarf. It was a hand crocheted pink scarf and it was on the passenger seat. She, she moved it towards her as if to just say, yes, get in, because I did want them to do something to make me know it was the right car. She was looking very intently at me and this was their downfall that I didn't get into the car because she had a very fierce look on her face and she was hell-bent on whatever she was doing. She just looked very fierce. And I've joked with them now because I didn't get into that car. I probably wouldn't be speaking to you right now if I'd got into that car. I don't know what they were going to do with me. They've since told me, they said, you would have gone, been put into a testing facility and we would have tested the, the weapons on you much heavier. Or they've said, we were going to rape and kill you on that night. And I don't know whether it was because um, my neighbours heard them the week earlier or whether they wanted that from me from the get-go, from, from the original targeting. And um, I looked at her and because she had this fierce look on her face, I didn't get in. I closed the door and I went back inside. And luckily on that night, it was the first time I brought the keys with me where the other nights they said, leave everything behind, just wear black and come outside. But that night I thought because there was two other failed attempts earlier, or well, there was two attempts which they didn't, it wasn't the right car, I decided this night, because I kept leaving at 2 o'clock in the morning and I buzzed on the buzzer to let, get my friend to let me back in. I said, what are you doing? Why are you outside? Why don't you have your key? And I'm like, made up this silly reason. Well, I went for a walk and I forgot my key. And she's like, oh, okay. So she was just thinking I was a bit silly. Like, oh, so I was then doing things which were strange as well. So she was thinking, oh, Kelly, might, I don't think Kelly's all there. Or 
Kelly's a bit strange. So um, very luckily I brought my key that night and I went back inside. So I often wondered to myself, and I also joke with them, I said all she had to do was a little smile and I would have hopped into the car. Um, and just to describe her as well, she was very individual looking. Her hair was, um, she was like an English, she had like a, I actually joke, she sort of looks like someone who might be like uh, Mary, like the, um, the mother Mary. She had those type of fine features. Um, she would have been about five foot nine in height, very slender, a very attractive looking woman. But I often joke because um, I used to be a hairdresser as well when I was young and hairstyles are something which I'm into a lot. And her hair was very strangely full and it was sort of a bit, a bit wire. It's like she's brushed her hair and fluffed it up really big style. It looks strangely big. Like, And I've since come to think to myself, oh my God, big hair in America is very fashionable. And um, I thought maybe she is from America, maybe from the NSA um, or the MK Ultra team. I'm not really sure. So um, I thought maybe she could be American, but she didn't say a word. She just looked at me very intently and obviously I didn't get into the car and I went back inside and um, very luckily I'm here to talk to you today. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found us. How did you find us? Um, it was, I've, um, since I came, like, um, I started Googling a few things. I think the first thing I Googled was just because I knew that my thoughts were being repeated back to me. So I knew that they were knowing what I was thinking. So I thought to myself, I'll Google mind reading. And that, I think that was one of the first things I Googled. And um, I Googled mind reading. And then from there, I saw maybe the word target individuals. And I, then I Googled target individuals and I saw the word gang stalking or I saw the word remote neural monitoring or I saw, saw voice to skull or uh, any of these type or directed energy weapons. And I just kept Googling all these things. And for six months now, I've been watching video after video. I've been reading many articles about everything. And I've got a, quite a good grip on or quite a good knowledge now compared to, compared to most of the world because I've since read that right. less than 1% of the world. Sorry? I was just saying, right, yes. I yeah, oh, sorry, yes, thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've since now come to know that less less than 1% of the world's population know of this. And so I've become quite well-versed on it, as I've since read too, that if you become a target individual, you then become very well-versed on what's happening. And that was when I first started to learn everything. So um, they were, like I think, on the day... Um, we left the property where we were, which was called Oscars on Main. It was on the Gold Coast. That's where I was staying with my friend. And um, we left there and um, a couple of strange things happened. A little bit of gang stalking, I think. When I was walking through the main strip there um, near the Oscars, it was in Main, in main Beach, a beautiful area just on, on, the, on the edge of the Gold Coast in the city. Um, I noticed there was lots of people in the street who looked like they may have been from the intelligence agencies, um, now I come to think of it. But they were all looking at me very strange. And I think that was the start of any type of gang stalking. And there was even someone walked across the road with this ferocious looking dog. And he walked like, looks like it could tear someone's head off in, 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 in an instant. And I looked at this dog and I thought, oh my God. And it was just, everything seemed very scary. So um, I then um, was with my friend and we were going up to, um, up to another country town, which was just out of Brisbane. And on the way there, the, the people doing this to me, they said the driver who was driving you, it was an Uber driver, they said he is going to rape you both, he is going to, he's going to attack you 
and I got really worried and I decided to get out of the car because I thought if I get out, maybe they'll only do it because of me. They won't do it to my friend. I didn't want to, I didn't want to involve my friend in any type of um, any adverse behaviour from them, like them saying they were going to bash us or anything like that. So all of a sudden I saw Star City Casino and I thought, because my name's Kelly Star now, I, um, I saw that and I said, stop the car, I'm getting out. And my friend looked at me very strangely. I said, Erin, I'm going. And just out of the blue, I grabbed my suitcases and I got out. And that was it. And I walked off from her. And I walked into the Star City Casino. And they, they then started to say to me, don't drink anything. You can't do not go if you go into the toilet. Because they were trying to tell me they were from an international crime group. And we are trying to get you into our group. But the Australian Federal Police know we are trying to get you into our group. And we're finding it really difficult to get you into a car without anyone noticing. So I just, it was very strange. They would say, don't, don't go to the toilet. If you go into the toilet, the federal police will come in there and they'll catch you and they'll do something to you. And then I jumped. They said, um, you need to stay on the Gold Coast tonight. So I got a room and when I was in the room, there were strange noises above my head. Like it sounded like there was, they said, oh my God, you're so lucky. You, the room you got, we're right above you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So... And they even said to me, they said, tonight you have to go out onto the balcony and we're going to drop a rope over the fence. So over the balcony, you have to grab that rope and we're going to hoist you up to the next floor and that's how we're going to get you. So stupid me, I put on a um, black outfit, which they told me to do. They said, put a rug over your head, go out onto the balcony. <laughs> and I did that. And then they didn't, there was obviously there was no rope or anything like that. And I was like, oh my God, I went back inside and they said, now go to bed and we'll get you tomorrow. So, and the next day came and, Nothing was, they said, we're going to send a trolley, like a food trolley, and you were going to hide you in the trolley. And that didn't happen. And they kept on getting me to look outside to see if anyone was out there. And um, they said, no, you have to come back to Perth. And I was um, going up and down on the Gold Coast. I was in taxis and buses. And they said, no, you, no, you can't go to that airport. They're, they're, they're all waiting for you there. You have, to get, you have to find your own way. If you can get back to, they said, if you can get back to Perth, we can help you. We can get you back into our group. So I decided to get into a taxi and I thought I'll go halfway to Brisbane. There's a town where you get into and then you go on the bus or the train, sorry. You get the train from there and it takes you to the airport. And I did that and as I arrived there, I said to the driver who was driving me in the taxi, I said, if I pay you extra, can you quickly drive me to Brisbane Airport? Um, and I, he said, yes, I, um, I can do that. So I said, can you go really, really fast? So he was travelling, I think, about 10 kilometres over the speed limit. And there seemed to be what was lots of cars following us, it seemed like to me. But because my driver was going faster than the speed limit, we lost a lot of the cars. So they've actually said to me, you're very clever that you did that because we can't drive over the speed limit. And um, I got to the airport and I went up to the desk and I said, I'd like to leave on the first plane. And if I had grabbed that first plane, they said to me, they said, you would have got through and you wouldn't have had anyone following you. But I grabbed the second plane, which was a direct flight back to Perth, and it seemed like to me I had about half a dozen people on the flight who looked like they were gang stalking me. Um, some of them had like little earpieces behind them, and someone looked like they had something in their bag, like a gun type of thing. And I'm like freaking out, just thinking, oh my God, what on earth is all this? The federal police are after me, and they're all following me everywhere. And they, because they were telling me not to go to the bathroom, I thought, I knew there was lots of loud noise on the plane and I thought if I go to the toilet now before the plane starts, then it'll be better for me because once the plane starts, I thought they might try and do something while I'm in the bathroom. So 
And they said, oh, that's very clever that you went to the toilet now because when the plane starts, we could have shot you while you're in there and things like that. So um, that was very strange. So I got the flight back home. I came back home and I was even scared to go back to my apartment. They said, we're going to get you. You're back. Oh, no, hold on. They said, um, well, I hopped on, my, I hopped on the plane and um, came back home. And when I hopped in the taxi, it seemed like there was people following me in the car in the taxi. And I decided not to go back home. I thought I need to stay with his cameras and things. I need to be seen. So in case anything happens to me, I'm visual to any cameras and it might help me. So I decided to stay at a hotel for a night. And I even called my father up. I'm like, Dad, can you please come and get me? I'm at this service station down the road. And I said, my power, I just said my power's out. I didn't know what to say to my dad. But my power... Um, wasn't out, but my my bill was due. But um, I thought the possibility of my power could have been out. But um, I then decided I, um, the hotels are a bit expensive or something like that. Because I, I actually actually had to borrow money to come home. It was the first time I'd gone away to work, and because they kept telling me they don't answer that call, that's Australian Federal Police. They're going to cut your hands and feet off to get information about how our technology works. That was what I was thinking. I thought, oh, wow, these, in, this international crime group has this amazing technology where they can talk to you with artificial telepathy and the police, they said the police don't know about it. They're trying to find out about how this technology works. They said if they catch you, they will cut your hands and feet off and they will torture you and rape you to get information about how the device works. And that's what I believed at the time because um, they were telling me they were from an international crime group. And... I came. I then just decided to come back home. I thought I'll just risk it and come back into my home, and everything was fine. I went to sleep, woke up, and they said, "Actually, Kelly, we really like you now. We we really we are next door, and we want to meet you. Please come next door and meet us." And they said, "We're all black." And they said, "Come around to our back door and come inside." So I believed them, and they. I thought I have to be really um, quiet and wear the black and come next door so no one sees me. And they told me, they said, come to our back door, come inside. So I went to the back door, and I put my hand on the handle, and I tried to open it, and it was locked. And I thought, oh, my God, I've just gone to someone's back door wearing all black, and I've tried to open the door. I thought, oh, my God, I could have been just being filmed doing that. They've got to make it look like I'm a, a burglar. So I went to the police the next day. Um, oh, this is just backtracking a little bit. Um, what they've done, they constantly call me by my birth name, with the voice to skull. That's what, as I mentioned before, um, they were calling me Michael Tannum within the home. Um, and I went next door and, um, sorry, yeah, backtracking again, um, something else I did um, to the next door neighbours, which was very bad. I sprayed water over the fence. When they first started to call me Michael, which was, as I've said to these people, I said, this is a awful thing. This is like discrimination on its own. I said, the voice to skull and everything else, what you're doing, that's very bad, but calling a transgender person by their birth name is the height of rudeness to someone like myself. It's just not on. I mean, imagine saying anyone doing that to Caitlyn Jenner. Like, they, no one would stand up for that. Everyone would stand up and say, you can't do that. So I often say to them, I said, what would you do if you had a transgender child and someone was in the street calling them out, calling out their birth name? I said, you'd be so angry. I said, what are you going to do? Is going to get rid of your child, like if you have a transgender child. I said, what is wrong with you people? And um, they, I got the hose one day and I squirted the hose over the fence over to my neighbours who I thought was the people doing this and I squirted the hose 
And um, on that day, I actually went to the police. And I said, hi, my name's Kelly. I live at Laylor Street here in Scarborough. And um, I just said to them, I said, my neighbours are calling out my birth name from over the fence. And I was really angry and I squirted the hose over. And um, as I was mentioning before, when... Um, sorry, this is the second occasion... Um, just lost, lost lost my train of thought at the moment. Um, I'll let you it for a minute. <laughs> it Thank you. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, what was I just saying? <laughs> Sorry, it's lots lots of things going on. What was I mentioning just before I called? Said about them calling out over the fence about Michael Tannum. Do you remember? You were just saying how they were continuing to do that. You had mentioned how they had you go out in black and you were afraid. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, that, that's a bit I remember. Yeah, that's a bit I forgot. Yeah, so because I'd gone to their back door wearing all black and tried to open their back door, I thought to myself, I could have been filmed. I thought, I'm going to go to the police and I'm going to say that my neighbours called out over the fence, hey, come and, come and hang hang out with us. We We like you, come and hang out. So I went to the police and I said, hi, my neighbours next door they've just called out to me tonight or the next day I think I went there I said they've called out to me and they said come and hang out with us um, and I've gone to their back door they said come to our back door and come inside so I actually told this to the police because I didn't want to I didn't want to be charged with burglary or attempted burglary so I went and said hi my neighbours told me to come next door and they wanted me to meet them and I went to their back door and went to go inside and the door was locked so I just want to say that I'm not a burglar. Like I always wanted to put it down, say that this this is what what had happened, and um, they just took my report, and that was that. And since then, there's been about 20 police callouts because what they were doing to me in the middle of the night, I'd wake up to go to the toilet every night, and they'd say all these horrible things to me while I was in on um, just in my bathroom. They would say, "We're going to rape you. We're going to do this to you. We're going to bash you, Michael Tannum." and all this stuff. So I um, kept on calling the police. I was like, my neighbours keep on calling out from over the fence and they're keeping me awake at night time. There's probably been about 20 police call-outs and that then escalated to the police coming over and then this was the first time they came over a couple of times with the mental health officers because it was getting a little bit monotonous for them and they thought maybe there's a problem with me. Um, the mental health people came out once or twice and then because it was nothing changed, it was the same thing all the time, calling the police, saying neighbours calling over the fence, they brought a more senior mental health officer. And when he started to ask me questions, I knew there was nothing wrong with me mentally. And I got a bit angry with him and I actually swore. And as soon as I swore, he said, you're going to hospital. And that was that. So they said, we're calling the ambulance for you. So the ambulance came and... Um, it was then off to hospital. When I was in the ambulance, they said, do you know where we're taking you? And I said, yeah, just a hospital. And I thought we were just going to one of the normal hospitals. They said, no, we're taking, they said, we're taking you to Greylands. And Greylands here, I mean, I've grown up in Perth all my life and I would drive past that hospital and my, my mother would say, that's the mental hospital in there. I'm like, oh, and I would always look in there and think, oh, wow, the poor people in there, mental people, people with mental disorders. And lo and behold, there I was in the ambulance hearing people, actual people from technology talking to me and abusing me, I said, sucked in, Michael Tannum. You've got people talking inside your head and you're going to the mental hospital. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm off to the mental hospital. I arrived there and I'm just like looking around everywhere, just like virtually laughing because I knew that there was no problem with me mentally. But I'm like, oh my God, I've got to 
I've got to get out of here because I don't belong here. There's nothing wrong with me mentally. So I thought to myself, I have to be very wise about how I speak and what I tell the people and how I come across. So I did my hair perfectly. I wore a very nice, I wore my best outfit I had and I presented myself really lovely to meet the doctor the next morning um, who was a psychiatrist. And after uh, I walked in and he had four student nurses because of myself being transgender, um, I think that was, because growing up having different surgeries, they ask sometimes, do you mind if some student doctors sit in and listen or come in and watch while you're having certain things done? I said, yeah, that's fine. I'm more than happy for people to learn. I like that. So um, I interviewed, I shook everyone's hand and I shook my the psychiatrist's hand and I spoke to them very, very eloquently and very astutely and I was very careful about what I spoke about to not say I was hearing voices in my head. I just said it was called out from over the fence. My neighbours kept abusing me from next door. So in a way of them using my neighbour's property to make me feel very uncomfortable that they pretended they were next door, it actually helped me in the long run because I was able to then say my neighbours were doing it from next door and it was a way of me um, lying about the voices but it was with my sort of like my ticket out of there sort of thing because I knew that they would probably understand that there was a possibility of me being transgender and getting discriminated against, which can happen. It's very sad. This is the reason why I've done many articles. Um, you know, I've done many articles, online articles. If you Google my name, Kelly Starr, transgender, you'll see there's about a dozen articles there from great agencies like UK Daily Mail Online, um, many international pub publications about me. And um, so I was able to get out of there the next day within half an hour. He goes, I actually remember your original psychiatrist. Uh, her name was Rose Toussaint. She was a lovely lady. She was the one who um, said that I could have my gender reassignment when I was 17 or 18 years of age. And um, so he goes, oh, I knew Rose Toussaint. She was a lovely lady. And, and that was lucky because he, I then told him too. I said, well, when I was going through my psychiatric treatment to have my surgery, I said, Rose went to a conference and they used my file as, the model for what was a someone who was transitioning very successfully because I was actually working in childcare at the time. Um, at 17 years of age, I was playing in a girls' basketball team and I had very good contact with my family. Um, there was a couple of issues with my father, which have all been worked out now. My, um, my family have been great throughout my transition. Just My father, um, he obviously, um, men growing up um, years ago, there was a little bit of stigma with, this type. Oh, uh, my, my phone, I've just realised my credit's about to run out. I've just beeped. Um, I'd have to get some more credit and I'd have to call you back. Um, it's going to cut out like right now. Do you mind if I do that? Could we, could we go on hold for one, for one minute? No. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm surprised it did that so soon. Okay, we're here. Yeah, I, I'll continue talking, but if it cuts out immediately, I'll call you immediately straight back. I'll just get some more credit. Sure. No problem. I'll continue talking. If it cuts out, I will definitely call you straight back. I think it's going to cut out right now. But I'll Yep, there it goes. Okay, so we'll just wait for her to call back. Okay, I know there was somebody from Georgia. I guess I'll wait till Georgia. Georgia, I got your text message, and um, when she's done with her testimony, we'll eventually get to you as well. Well, I guess I can plug tomorrow's show um, on the Revolution Radio. If you go to freedomslips.com and hit Studio A, 
or if you go to our website, um, I'm having Mark Whitaker, and he is the gentleman that the movie The Informant is based on. He's a really wonderful man. He has a very, very compelling story as a whistleblower. Um, his story is slightly different because he did participate in some, um, um, that's what I'm looking for, um, <clears throat> um, embezzling. He had been embezzling money himself, but, um, you know, he has since redeemed himself. And um, anyways, he's a very interesting man. And then I have a gentleman coming on who uh, wants to educate us and tell us, you know, give us reasons why uh, and uh, cite information how that war is illegal. And so, sorry, I'm multitasking here. And that is at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then if you guys want to go to the website, whistleblowerheroes, dot org Sean Stone's interview who is I don't think he wants to be known as Oliver Stone's son um, but that's how people do know him and he's a deep state journalist he's a huge supporter of target individuals his interview should be up there and as you know I talked to a lot of people about targeting maybe not necessarily when we're on air but I've had many conversations most of Sean and I's conversations have been about targeting or guests you know I used to help him get guests and targeted individuals on his show He's a really, there's just some really terrific people out there. I don't think I would have known all these wonderful people, including, you know, our community, if this hadn't happened to me. So there are some good things out of this. Okay, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. Does anybody want to give an announcement while we're waiting? Star 8. I know some people are just in line to ask her questions. Let me go to North Carolina. Hi, North Carolina. Uh-oh. I had a lot of feedback. Sorry, North Carolina. There was a lot of feedback on your line. I'm going to come to East Maryland. Hi, Maryland. Hello. Hi. 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 Let me come off speaker. Hi. Ms. Benetta, how you doing? I have a question for the young lady, uh, for Kelly. So uh, you can mute me back. I just wanted to talk. Well, since I'm on the phone, just a reminder um, about TI Day. Um, Lewis um, from the TI database spoke about it yesterday, and he spoke on Ellis Call Tuesday. It's August 29th. If you want more information, please go to Targeted Individual Day. Um, dot Wembley, W-E-E-B-L-L-Y dot com for more information. Um, we're looking, they're looking to do it all over the world, including the United States and as many states in the United States as possible so we can get some type of recognition and they're looking for media coverage. So you're interested in organizing, please contact the Targeted Individual Day, uh, Wembley, W-E-E-B-L-E-Y, dot com. And um, Lewis is the head organizer, is my understanding. And hi, guys. And this was a great interview. And that's all for me, Ellen. Let me get back in line. Okay, Moneta, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Start eight again so it shows up. I'm going to mute you. Okay. Okay. 
you back. I really think, oh, here she is, she's back. Kelly? Kelly? Hi, Alyssa, sorry. Um, I got some more credit. I got a little bit... Yeah, you just maybe didn't get enough uh, get enough minutes there. Yeah, unfortunately, I tried as we tried earlier with my Skype. I tried. I don't know what happened there. So, yeah, that's okay though. Um, it's certainly worth it. I'm I'm more than happy to spend a few dollars to get my story out there because what, as you know, this is highly illegal activity of them. They have no right to do this, and it's against people's human rights. And I feel really good about standing up for myself. It actually feels empowering to stand up. Um, even today, I'm um, picking up a top, um, a singlet. Um, I do actually have the largest breast implants in Australia and I get a lot of attention when I walk down the street. I'm getting a top made up at the moment. It says, Stop Electronic Harassment, written on the front. And on the back, <laughs> it says, Google Targeted that's, Individuals. That's yep, and I'm even getting the logo from the Targeted Individuals Association, who is Gary Owens, who has a court hearing due in the European Court of Human Rights. England. He is... Yeah. He is suing the UK and the Spanish government for $5 million. So he's actually asked me to put his logo on the top as well, which I have gone and done. And he did mention to me as well, he did say, please mention that this is all from the NSA DARPA system and that the Targeted Individuals Association are now looking for funding because they have the answers and they know how to prove what's going on. And they, are, they told me, they said, we are going to bring the Australian government to court to say that the people who have had this done to them need compensation and he said that all the governments around the world he said he's going to bring everyone every one of those governments to court to say to 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 make people aware and to stop this insane behavior of using innocent civilians as guinea pigs to test their military grade weapons or their psychological warfare tactics because it's totally wrong it's it's just such a, it just seems like such an evil, wrong thing to do for people. I keep on saying to them, you're being so discriminative towards me and you're from an intelligence agency. Intelligence and discrimination do not go hand in hand. What is wrong with you? You need to grow up. You need to get more intelligence. And I joke with them. I said, you think you're that wise? You think you're that intelligent? I said, no, but you stuffed up because your voices went through the wall. My neighbours heard you. This is number two. I didn't get into your car. You stuffed up again, sucked in. Because they constantly say to me, they say, sucked in, sucked in. So I say, well, sucked into you. I didn't get into your car. Sucked in, your voice went through the wall. And three, sucked in um, my neighbours next door who used their property to say that their voice, like you pretended their voices come, your voices came from over the fence. I said, sucked in. Now they know, because I've since made them aware of it. Um, I said, now they know too that their place was used. So You um, might be able I've, to record some of that. I <laughs> Plenty of people who are able to record V2K. I have been able to record a very tiny amount, um, but it was—it's very—it's only very light. You have to listen really, really carefully through the recording. I've let a couple of people listen to it. Even I tried to let this police officer listen to it. He goes, "No, I can't hear anything." And I tried to. I've, when when I listen to it, I because because I know what their voices are and I know what I'm listening for. I can hear it through the other noise, but. As you know, they don't make their voices louder than any noises within the home. They're so clever. Like if I've got the dryer going, as soon as it goes, like it stops to turn the other way, like the dryer, they're so clever. As soon as the noise stops, it's like, bam, they stop immediately. 
or have got music playing, they know when when to put their voices in because they they probably have the song playing within front of them and they know that when there's going to be a gap in the music and they put their voices like right in between. It's just like they're using military precision to do all this. So mm-hmm. I that's that's what made me believe that in the I almost wonder Sorry? if there's like algorithms that are assisting in some way because of the timing of things. It's like, you know, I don't think people know exactly what algorithms can do through technology, through the, you know, through the computer systems, through all the social yeah. media. I don't think people understand how advanced this AI algorithm really is. Um, and including this technology that's being used against us. So that's my personal belief and what I've researched. And, you know, it's 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 frightening. It really is. And it creates a precision yeah. that is not human. So, um, you know, they have bots out online, uh, you know, Twitter bots and uh, these algorithms, you know, pretend, you know pretending and, and emulating real people posting. And, you know, it's it's. Yeah. it's out keywords and and commenting, but yeah. it's just an algorithm. It's not even a person responding. So technology is very frightening at this point when it's used the way it's been used and the way that you know it, when it's being used in nefarious ways, uh, ways to gain um, you know uh, control or uh, to spin a story or uh, to or you know it, it's really it, there's so many facets to it. Um, that can be, yes. you know, abused. This technology can be abused for, you know, power of an individual, a corporation, um, a family, or you know, or the, you know, the governments. So yeah, it, it's something. It's astounding, actually. It really is, and I don't know how you're supposed to uh, counteract all these algorithms and this technology. So, but anyway, so yeah, back to you. Um, you know, mm-hmm. another thing is if you record it, what people tell me is like it just sounds like someone's talking far away. So there's no yeah. way that this is recorded yes, from. Correct. Yeah, it just head. sounds like you might have someone in your home. Or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the issue. But you know, the patents are available. The technology is there. They can go online and and research, like in Japan, how they do advertisement on the buses. How you you know you lean your head up and only you are hearing the advertisement. So it's it's not really when you start doing some research. It's not that hard to understand this technology is out there or something very close to it and something very similar. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's definitely something that people need to be made aware of and they have to realize that some of this technology that may have, you know, you can use it for advertisement, great, but it can be used for nefarious reasons as well. Everything that is yes. created through technology can be used, you know, for dark or for light, you know, for lack of a better um, metaphor. But um, so... Um, anyways, this is information. People need to know the abuses of power, the abuses of technology, experimentation yes. uh, in, in these intelligence agencies that are part of it, and even, you know, the criminal networks that gain access to this, as you know, firsthand. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we're just um, talking about the technology. Even while I was trying or putting, getting some more credit on my phone just then, um, they were putting this horrible ringing tone through, through, through my ears. And they said, that, that's because you're talking on the radio about it. And I was like, oh, my God. I, um, like, I keep saying to them, but you're the ones who are being illegal. Why am I being punished? For, um, they're saying, you're going to be a whistleblower. And I said, no, I'm a truth teller of your illegal actions. I said, don't you dare call me a whistleblower because I'm not, I, all I'm doing is bringing light to the situation. I said, this is, I said light will always win over darkness. I said, this is not going to, I, from, the, from the very beginning, I said to them, I said, you're wrong in doing this. This will not work out good for you. I said, I've always had a knowing inside me that things will work out right for me in the end. 
and knowing about the power of positive thinking, that's something that's kept me going along because um, a few things have happened like like there hasn't it hasn't worked out right for them and I've said to them, I'm a very lucky person, um, you should not have done this to me, I know that there will be bad things coming towards you if you keep doing this to me. And there's even an old belief in India, um, transgender people used to eat with royalty in India. Um, when a baby is born in India on the on the day of the birth, they're called the Hidras, which is the um, Indian name for transgender people in, in um, India. They get the Hidras to come and bless the baby because they believe that, um, this is what they say, that if a transgender person if you do bad to a transgender person and they wish bad upon you, which is something I never do because I've seen this with my own eyes with other trans women I know about. It seems to be if someone does wrong by one of us and they just we wish bad upon them or we say, oh, that person's awful for doing it. I've seen it with my own eyes, some instant karma. It's like something bad happens to them straight away. I've seen someone smash their car straight away because they've called out someone, something rude to a transgender person and bam, straight away they've smashed their car. So... Um, in India, they they say that if a transgender wish transgender person wishes bad upon you, it's like having the wrath of God Himself wish bad upon you, and you should never. You, I told them, I said, just look into trans women's eyes. You can see that there's like a mystical sort of thing. And even a Indian person said to me as well. He said, yes. He said, you transgender people have this sort of like a mystical type of power about you, which could be one of the reasons why I'm a target because I put myself out into media and. I'm trying to help our community. As I said to these people, I said, you are the most intelligent people you would think in Australia and people would respect you. My mother always taught me to respect police, respect people who work in law. So I just can't believe that this is the intelligence agency acting so unintelligently towards someone like my, myself. I, I'm trying to help our community and I put myself out into the public, um, into the into the public eye by doing my media um, articles, which is something other transgender people in Australia have said to me, other trans girls have said, Kelly, we can't believe that you're doing this because you're like outing yourself. And I've said to them, but yes, but I'm helping our community. We need to have trans visibility. That's what's going to help us in the future. And I just can't believe that these people that are so intelligent from the intelligence agency, they should know better than to be so discriminative towards me. And I said... Um, this is like a stain or a blight on Australia's history because the world is going to now know about this. I've contacted LGBTI rights um, groups here in Australia and they have said to me, this is one of the worst cases of abuse we've ever heard towards a trans person. And they said, we're really sorry you're going through this. Mm. Yeah, mm. It, is. it is horrible. Well, you found a community that must have been very empowering just realizing you weren't alone, that this was happening to other people. And, I, and I, I understand, like, it's terrible to know that other people are experiencing such a nightmare, but at the same time, it's it's like, oh, there's other people. We can unite. We can maybe do something about this. You're not alone. Yes, that's right. Um, in saying that, too, because I'm in Perth in Australia, I am yet to meet another targeted individual. I've spoken to other people on Facebook or on Messenger, I've sent messages and I'm even putting it out into some of the um, Facebook groups. Is there any TIs here in Perth? I would love to meet someone. Um, and I'm yet to meet someone except for um, where I go to, a nightclub I go to. It's uh, one of the world's longest running nightclubs, actually Connections Nightclub here in Perth. There's lots of drag shows there and it's a great nightclub. Um, there's a guy there who works 
um, and he said to me just recently, he had a male escort who is gay come up to him and complain about the exact same thing I've been telling my good friend about. Um, I've confided in a couple of people there at the at the club. Um, because I've done all my magazine articles and my media things, I've always had, my, my friends have always respected me. I've actually always been looked up to by my friends because I've been the type of person who would go to bed at 9 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock and my friends would say, oh, good, 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 good night, Nana. You, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. And I always used to think to myself, yeah, you're laughing at me now, but when I'm 50, I'm going to be looking hot and I'm going to be in that nightclub dancing away looking hot. And I'm 47 now. And lo and behold, I'm still in the nightclubs and I'm dancing around and I'm feeling good, but... Um, yes, yeah, so I've, um, yeah, they've, I've lost my train of thought. Of <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll let you speak for a moment. <laughs> you might remind me again. Um, no, no, you're doing fine. I was actually reading in the chat. We were just talking. They were trying to connect you with people in Australia. You know, and I said, Australia yeah, sorry, is very yeah. large. <laughs> you know, people want to find you someone to connect with, it looks like. so. But, yeah, um, that was my, my friend, um, he said he had one person come up to him who was a male escort and he was complaining about the same thing. So it was lucky for that person that I'd already told the person um, that he was talking to about what I was going through. So he was like, oh my God, Kelly is going through the same thing that you're going through. And it's just strange that he would be a male escort and I also work as an escort too. So it's like they target someone like myself because they maybe know that we'd be at home during the day. I've since found out that 75% of the targets are women who are 45 who live alone. Um, I was 46 when this first started and I live alone, um, which is something I'm trying to change at the moment. I'm trying to get someone to move into my place. Right, um, my best for you. It'd be great if it was another targeted person, but you know, just having a roommate might also help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I do have um, someone moving in next week, but um, she's going to be working nine to five during the day, so she's not going to be home all day. Which is, I'm even considering myself um, changing my employment. Um, just recently, I thought there might be a chance of me getting this stopped if I join the army reserve. I thought mm-hmm. if I'm in the army, um, I thought maybe there's a chance that they won't do this to me. So currently I'm in the process of joining the army reserves. Um, they've been depriving me of a lot of sleep. Um, I think the last last night was okay, but the two nights prior to that, I had two hours sleep the night before, three hours the night before that. And last week, every night I had on average four hours sleep, where normally I would sleep for eight hours, like every night. And I'd be up in the morning going to swimming. I um I, as I mentioned, I was a state champion swimmer. Yesterday morning, I swam three kilometres. I'm actually looking to go back into um, the Aussie Masters swimming. I mm. want to get into doing um, state championships again. And uh, I've been trying to get into army reserves, I've just mentioned. And because of the fact that I know that 75% of the targets are women who live alone, I thought maybe it's better if I get a job. And I've even made initial inquiry to join the police force because um, I know that in America... Um, Transgender women and maybe men are not allowed in the American military. That's not so here in Australia, which has made me think that maybe it's the NSA who has chosen me as a target, um, the American, the Americans, because the fact that they're calling me by my birth name, it just makes me feel I've been targeted only for the fact that I'm transgender. So I thought, well, the Australian, we don't, we allow people in the military who are transgender. I thought maybe this has all come from America because the intelligence agencies, I've learnt that Australia, Great Britain, um, New Zealand, um, America, Spain, France and 
Um, I think that's all, are all together, and Germany are all in this together as a group. Um, I'm, I know that it's from the DARPA system and the NSA, and I presume that maybe my targeting was chosen from the DARPA system or the DARPA, the NSA, and the fact that they, you're not allowing transgender women in the American military, I thought maybe that's the reason why I've been targeted, and Australia, being under the DARPA system, has just gone along and said, okay, we'll do whatever you say, America. So I've even said to them, I said, you people had that opportunity. If, that was, if it was the American NSA who have chosen me as a target, Australia, I said to the Australian ACES, I said, you had the opportunity then to stand up for Australia's rights and say, no, we, we're not going to do that to a transgender person because we have different laws here in Australia. So I just think that's totally absurd of what they're doing because I've said the fact that they're discriminating against me being transgender is just as bad as all this other voice to skull and all this other horrendous gang stalking and the electronic harassment which I've been subjected to for a year and a half now. It's horrific. Well, do you mind if I open it up to the listeners and they can ask questions? Yeah, certainly. I've still got quite a um, other few things to talk about, um, like oh, what's happened to me. Since... Well, I'll let you finish what you want to share, and then we'll open it up for questions. Okay, cool. I was just going to go on and just say um, um, when things like I I got out of the mental hospital um, within within 12 hours. I think I left there the first time, okay. and then one month later. Yeah, that's right. I was very happy. And then one month later, off the same thing again, because um, what they were doing was calling it over the fence. I was just having, I was having lunch or breakfast one day. I was having my pancakes that Sunday morning. I'd always have pancakes on Sunday, a little treat. And I'm sitting outside in my courtyard or my um, my outdoor area, and I uh, over the fence I heard the word Michael Tannum. And that's, I mean, as I mentioned, it's it does it's not a very nice thing to say to a trans person their birth name. And um, I screamed at them over the fence. I said, F, F off. And I grabbed a chair and actually threw it against the fence. So that's then escalated to them calling the police on me. And the police came to my home um, the next night and they knocked on the door, but I didn't answer the door. And then the next night again, they came again and they actually bashed my door down. They had taser guns. There was four police standing there with taser guns. There was four mental health officers and there were two ambulance officers. And then... And I just put my hands up. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. Because they bashed, they actually broke my door down. And they said, you have to come to the, you have to come to the hospital now. So it was back Incredible. to the hospital. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, and when I got there, I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to be back out within 24 hours. But then it was, okay, you have to get, no, they said, you have to be here for a minimum of one week and maybe three weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, what? I need to get out of here. So I started, I thought, okay, I'm going to be very wise once again. And I started acting like one of the carers there, like one of the nurses. And I was treating the other patients like I was caring for them. I was doing things around, I kept my room perfectly. I'd always make sure I was very well presented. Um, I was caring for the other patients there like I was a nurse. I was interact, like helping them. I was even doing affirmations for them and getting them to put them up on their wall and getting them to say good things. I was doing their hair and outside they had about two 2,000 cigarette butts were on the ground and I thought I'll just be very clever and look like I'm helping all the time and I cleaned them all up and I was just acting really well and this was the little tricky thing I was doing. They were giving me the medication. Um, obviously it was psychotic medication. Because I'm very tall, I'm six foot one, I was able to get the cup and pretend I was drinking it but I would spit it back into the cup and then I'd go straight to my room and any res residue in my mouth I would spit it out because I knew I didn't need medication and... I don't, I'm the type of person, I've, I eat a vegan diet, I've eaten organic food for about 20 years now, 
and I'm very, very careful about my health and what I put into my body. And um, I knew that this medication was bad for me, so I was spitting it out, but they worked it out after about five days. They said, oh, we think you're not taking your medication. So I don't know how they thought that, but... Um, yeah, so it meant um, going to the hospital. So it was just so strange being in the hospital and lying to the psychiatrist and lying to the doctors. Like I've actually got people talking with V2K inside my head, which is like you would think that this would be a normal mental problem, but it was actually them using technology. And um, so anyway, I got out of there once again. I, was, I had nine nights there that time and I was lucky I got out. And um since then, I decided to start changing my lifestyle a bit because I've read that they target people who might be a bit outlandish. And um, and so I decided, so I thought, I'm going to join a, a basketball team again. I'm going to start swimming again. I'm going to look for a job maybe. So I've started to do all these type of things. And even one day, because I mentioned I have the largest breast implants in Australia, I wore this dress which my one of my... Um, trans uh, or someone uh, one of the drag queens from the Connections nightclub in the Court Hotel which is where she also performs she's a designer here um, in um, Perth and she makes outfits so she made me this beautiful gold dress and it had the whole front cut out like the bust was missing and I wrote on my breast with this beautiful shiny stick on stuff so it was all diamantes and things I put the word stop and I put V2K across my breast and I walked down the main nightclub strip here in Perth and in 20 minutes, I had about 100 people take photos with me. And I told the people doing this to me, like the intelligence, I said, you people are crazy doing this to me because I stand out. Like, I stand out. I said, before you know it, I'm going to have the whole of Australia will know about this and you should not have done this to me. And which is the reason why I'm now getting the top made up. And so I'm bringing a lot of attention to it. Um, even yesterday, I walked through the city and I had a sign in front of me. I wrote, Stop Electronic Harassment, Google Targeted Individuals. And I put the little blue, little ribbon um, logo there as well from the Targeted Individuals Association. And I walked through the city. Lots of people were looking at me, of course. And um, so that's only, the only reason I did that because I was just angry that they were keeping me up, like keeping me awake. I had two hours sleep the night before and three hours the night before that. And I'm driving a vehicle. It's like, how on earth? These people are crazy. Like they should be... I keep saying to them, why is your agenda so hell-bent on making my life miserable? Your number one concern should be the welfare of the general public and everything else should come after that. I drive a vehicle. You should not be depriving me of sleep. So I think it's totally absurd of them to keep someone awake when you need to have your wits about you when you're driving a vehicle. And um, so that was what I did yesterday. And I even went into the Army Reserves. There's a beautiful girl there who's helping me get the job. And I told her about what's going on. I said, listen, I'm a target individual. And I told her to have a look on Target Individual Association. And she said she was going to talk to a couple of people to maybe get a stop put to this for me. But I don't know. She said, I don't know if I can help you. But she goes, I really, I really like you a lot. And I want you to be in the Army. And I'm hoping you will. I'm going to help you very much. So, um, yeah. So I've had a manner of all psychological warfare tactics used against me. Um, many with just like the niggling voices in the background constantly, which is really annoying. Um, um, I've had the thing like where you picking up, I bend down to pick up an item on the ground. As soon as I pick, go to pick up the item, it's they put the, they say the word Michael, just like this all the time. And it's and constant like with every little tiny movement of my of my heart arm, I might put one, two, three um, movements just to put your arm straight. They put a word in pr at the precise military precision with each tiny little symbolic movement 
of your, like when I'm walking, a word, a word, like right at each step or right at each time when I'm moving any part of my body. And I just know that they're just testing psychological warfare tactics and the military-grade weapon. I've had zaps over my body. I've actually been zapped in the genitals while I've been driving on the freeway at 100 kilometres an hour and I'm crying while I'm driving on the freeway and I've just been zapped in my genitals and I'm like, what on earth? These people are crazy. I'm driving at 100 kilometres on a freeway and they're zapping me and making me cry. Um, so there's some of the things I've had and uh, my general practitioner, he's known me for 30 years. He originally didn't believe me and I begged him. I said, please, Dr. Rogers, at least just have one tiny iota of something inside you that what I'm talking about might be the truth. I said, computers were invented. Television's been invented. Why can't this have been invented, what I'm talking to you? So he ruled everything out with mental problems, with an MRI, all these types of scans on my brain. He said, Kelly, I've known you for 30 years. You're still the role model which we've all known you to be for your community. Um, but for some reason, he goes, I'm actually now believing you. Um, he goes, I now have ruled everything out and I now believe you, Kelly. He goes, they're probably just experimenting on you. And he goes, I'm really sorry. I'm here for you with whatever you need. But he goes, I can't help you. So, yeah, it's just it's disgusting, like to think that we're having this awful thing done to us. And like, um, even one of my friends, my good friend, who I've been telling him about everything from the get go, um, about what's going on, um, he even last week called the police on me, and I begged him. I said, please don't call the police. And the police came out this night and they spoke to me and the mental health officer, the first one who was a senior mental health officer, he was with the police officers and I said to him at the very, when they, I told him about all these great things I was doing, I said, I've, I'm going swimming every day. I've joined a ukulele group because when I go to this ukulele group and everyone's singing, you can't hear their voices, which is a little tip for anyone who else is a TI. Go to, a, go to groups where they're singing um, because of that uh, when there's lots of singing there. I've now joined Hillsong Church as well. Um, and that's another rec another tip. If anyone TIs want some a two hours piece for not hearing all these voices, go to the Hillsong Church because when that music's playing and everyone's singing and everyone's in this great vibe, you can't hear them. So anyway, at the end, I told I told him, I said, I'm swimming every day and I'm looking for a job. I'm joining the Army Reserves. And I even helped a friend out who I'd met just a week earlier. I said, he's going to become a chaplain at the Salvation Army I said all these great things that I'm doing in my life and they just said, okay, we're going to go. And as he left, I said, have you ever heard of remote neural monitoring? And this was to a senior health officer here in Perth, WA. And he goes, no, I haven't. And then to the police officer, I said, have you ever heard of Jade Helm? And she goes, no, what's Jade Helm? And I said, that's the artificial intelligence device that the American military are currently developing, which is, I, I presume, is the reason why they're targeting individuals. Do you know that, if that's correct? Is that why they're doing this, to gain information for the artificial intelligence device. Do you know if that's correct? Yeah, I don't know that much about it. I've read some articles about it. I mean, nothing scientific. You know, a lot of it's like speculative articles. But, you know, we're very aware of that here in the United States. I mean, I don't know how many other people are, but I do know that I get many emails um, with this topic, the Jade Helm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I presume that's probably why they're doing the targeting because they're studying what I've read. They're studying the um, psychological connection between the psychology being being put into fearful states and how it affects your body with your health. And they're also studying um, the, um, not the symbiotic, the um, cognitive movements of people. 
which is another thing I've heard that they might be studying as well to put all this information into the Jade Helm system. So I've even just recently, because I thought this has been a part of my life, I'm never going to forget this happening to me. So I've even put this, the symbol for Jade Helm. I've just had a new tattoo done a few weeks ago and I have that on my right shoulder. Um, I've got that symbol on my right shoulder just to just to mark myself. I thought, well, I'm never going to forget it and I do like the symbol of the Jade Helm. And I'm actually... Um, I, with my mother, taught me to respect people in police or respect law. You must have respect for these people. The Jade Helm device seems like it is is a good thing, but the fact that they're targeting people... I've actually said to them, we've got the saying of one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. I've, I've actually made up my own little thing saying one, one, one step back for mankind, but a giant leap for mankind. Or one, one, one step back for man but a giant leap for mankind because it seems like to me that the Jade Helm is a very good device, but the way that they're gaining the information for it is against humanity. It's totally wrong. So it's like a catch-22 situation, but I don't know enough to answer the, answer the, correct, the question correctly. I just know that what they're doing is highly illegal and it's against the law and there should be some type of justice in the end for us. Because what yeah, they're, they're trying to wrong. record every response, every reaction, every thought, um, and have it okay. in a huge database, from what I understand. Uh, and it's very yeah. scary, and it seems to be implemented in some ways. You know, uh, you know, mm. there's no proof of that, but I've talked to enough people that work behind the scenes, and, and there's some concerns. There really is. This is, you know, basically robbing people of, of who they are, is my opinion. Yes, that's right. Yeah, those reactions... Totally wrong. Those those thoughts, those beliefs, and our our behaviors and actions, those are ours, ours as individuals. Yes. They don't belong That's to anybody right. else. Nobody has the right, right to um, store them, to watch us, or, or whatever the case may be, you know, even if it's just simple, simple behavior modification. No one has the right to do that, and we all know that. This is criminal activity. I don't care who's doing it. it, it it's, yes, it's, correct. It's, Worst crimes against humanity that I've ever come to understand, and yep. it's it's frightening to all of humanity. This this is yes. just a scary, scary time we live in, and it's up to people mm, like um, you and me and everybody yes. else on these calls, and and the thousands of thousands of people that listen to our YouTubes and and other YouTubes. You know, um, it's up to anybody listening. We have to participate in the conversations. We have to have these discussions. This is a very complex topic, but um, a lot of it's just control and money and experimentation. And you know, and, yep. and people get put on these lists for many reasons. You know, it could be, you know, mm-hmm. there could be people trying to, you know, because it's fallen in the hands of other criminal crime groups as well. Because I've talked to enough people yeah. who believe that, um, you know. It, you know, it, it's got to be stopped. And, and even if the parts of the government that aren't involved, that maybe aren't aware of what's going on with DARPA or whatever group is, is, is orchestrating all of this, some people say, you know, Bill Benny says it might be the CIA if the government's involved. And, you know, but there's that whole deep state. It's just a completely different aspect of the government. Um, so the people that are on the up and up or, or that uh, are representing our government the way that we would hope, you know, they need to they need to become aware of this as well. You know, it's just going to take a big shake up on the system. But the first things first, we have to educate the public. People have to know what this is, as complex as it, as it is, and all the variables with this pro- these programs or this program. I wish it was a better word than saying a program, but, um, you know, people need to be aware that this is going on. But it's a stealthy, uh, secretive uh, 
something that's not visible, you know, uh, you know, type of, uh, you know, crimes going on. So, yes. you know, but anyone listening on YouTube or the radio or whatever the case may be, please have these conversations about targeted individuals. You know, even if it yes. sounds a little bit off to people, how come yeah. there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people saying right. close to the same thing? You know, yeah, this is not stories, just, all the same but stories. Yes. You know? And these are people who are coherent and not on drugs that don't have mental illness yes. in their background and their right. families. You know, these are working people. They're, you know... Yep beautiful people, they're, you know, all kinds of people, you know, of all colors, and, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's like people are, you know, people are having these experiences before they find target individual groups, not after, mm-hmm. you know, so everyone, it's not like we're all right. talking about something going, oh, that happened to me, I must be target individual. It's people having things going on with them, and they're seeking answers online, and they're finding communities that, um that uh, are, you know, individuals that are experiencing similar situations, as scary as they may be. And I do think that the public is kind of frightened of these topics, you know, but, you know, they're going to be next and they're going to be, their families are at risk and and these crimes are going to get out of control. I mean, um, I I can't tell you how many more people are reaching out to me on a daily basis, new people that are finding it. You know, it's just also, too, when you mentioned about the drugs, um, I have been, as I mentioned before, I've been the type of person all my life just to concentrate on my goals with surgery and things like that. And my friends have always respected that and even balked at me for staying home all the time. About six months before my targeting started, for the first time in my life, I thought, I need to, I'm getting a bit older. And my family and friends were starting to judge the fact that I was having so many surgeries. And I just thought I was doing it all for cosmetic reasons. And I've actually had a few problems with a couple of the surgeries. And I've had many correction surgeries, which is why I've spent so much money. And for the first time in my life, because the family and friends were starting to like say, I'm not going to talk to you if you have any more surgery. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm having correction surgery. Why would you say that? And I decided to go out nightclubbing. And for the first time in, um, I used to go out when I was like in my early 20s, I'd take some recreational drugs like ecstasy and things like that and go nightclubbing. And that's what I did again for the first time in many years. I started to dabble a little bit in recreational things like going to the nightclub and taking a few things like that which I believe is why they targeted me because it helps to hide what they're doing because some of my friends knew that it was very different for me to take any types of drugs because I wasn't into drugs. I've smoked marijuana sometimes just for stress relief, which um, can be helpful to the right person or going through the right um, type of emotions, but it's something that I don't um, participate anymore because being in the army is 100% to- um, intolerance to drugs and I'm definitely not going to take drugs ever again and I realised that the fact that I did take some drugs and um, it does help to hide what they're doing and these people are very 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 cunning to target me two weeks after my mother passed away because not only did they did have the drugs that I took as a cover they also now had the fact that my mother had just passed away and everyone knew I was very close to my mother. And um, so now people are thinking that maybe Kelly has post-traumatic stress disorder because her mother passed away. and Or maybe Kelly's not quite there because Kelly took some drugs. So a lot of my fam- uh, family and friends um, just thought there was some other reason why I was targeted. Like that was, that was like a good cover for them to start this two weeks after my mum died. And knowing what I now know, how they can, they have full camera vision through the eyes, my mother, um, at my mother's funeral, I know they would have been looking at me the whole time. Like they would have seen my mother, she was in ICU for 24 hours. And my targeting started six, 
three to six months before my mother passed away. So I now know they have full camera vision and they would have been looking at during the whole funeral and seeing my mother on the and reading my thoughts, like my final thoughts towards my mother, like thanking her for my beautiful life. So it's really yeah. sad. But I have a very special thing that happened on her funeral day, which it was like a little sign came from my mother. Um, in between the hearse and the coffin car, as we got to the we got to the cemetery, this beautiful, very very large monarch butterfly. It actually this beautiful motion it flew just between the hearse car and our limousine car and this beautiful motion and half an hour later to 45 minutes later as the whole family and all our family's friends were walking down to my mother's gravesite, exactly the same motion a butterfly a monarch butterfly just flew perfectly in front of the whole group of us and to me it looked like the same motion with like this beautiful up and down up and down like a wave motion and it was amazing. It was like a beautiful sign from my mother. But I've now come to see that the monarch butterfly is also used as a symbol for the monarch program of monarch mind control. So it was like my mother knew what my life was, what was going to happen in my life. So it yeah. was a very special moment to me. And I've had a so, couple of other things like that too. Um, very special, like lucky moments with owls flying above my head on New Year's Day when I'm making a beautiful wish to the moon and things like this. So, yeah. I feel as I'm very lucky and I know that things will work out for me in the end, but I just have to be strong and fight this. And this is why I'm talking to you now to put this out into public and to let everyone know about it. And also for my family and friends, like especially the ones that haven't believed me, like please research it. Please don't just think, okay, I don't have time to look at that or I'm busy or I had a quick look at it and I'm not sure about it all. It's like, I'm your friend. Like you need to look, like if I had someone that was saying to me all these things, like one of my friends was saying, I wouldn't be not calling them on the weekend or not be just like not looking at what they're trying to get me to look at. I'm constantly posting things on Facebook saying, please read this. And there's not, I don't have much support from many of my friends. There's a handful of people who believe me. And even like last yeah. week, my friend called the police on me and I'm the oh, one telling the mental uh, health officer and the police officer about all this. And it's just crazy. Well, you have a hundred yeah. people. You have a hundred people just on the call that you know probably feel for you and and you know Thank care you. for you. So know that people do care, you know. And sometimes, it's, Thank you. That's sometimes lovely. you know, yeah, sometimes we cor- we miscorrelate information. You know, that butterfly is symbolic of rebirth too. You know, and I mean, yeah, I know there is. You know, but sometimes sometimes it is what it is. It's a beautiful moment. And, you know, as, us as TIs, we get so sensitized to correlating information. So, But, you know, who knows? You could be right, you know. Um, it, it may be deeper than what I think. I just think it's a beautiful kind, kind of a God moment, you know. So, you know, and I don't know about a lot of the te- – some technology I'm not sure about, like seeing through your eyes. I don't know if that's act, act, an actual – but that's your experience. So for you, maybe maybe it is true. Maybe I need to investigate it a little further. But, you know, yeah. something – a, a ZVS driver can actually stop it. If you get a, a ZVS flashback driver – and you have that within your home, it can actually stop them being able to see everything because there's a YouTube um, video called How to Stop Electronic Harassment and it tells you exactly what to do and it shows you like what they can see because I've realized that when I knock, if I'm about to knock my leg or knock my hip on something I'm walking past within my home, I've actually seen one video of what they have. They have a virtual reality system in front of them and my whole home, I believe now, is mapped out because every item I place back down it's like they're mapping it and mapping every item because if I knock something, they go, Michael, just before I knock it. And I've now come to learn because some about that stop electronic harassment that they have a full virtual reality view within the home and they're studying this new psychological warfare tactics. 
Yeah, you have, a very advanced, you have a very advanced program. Whatever is going on with you is is, is one of the more complex ones, and you know okay. so. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I do, is, I've just read uh, at the forefront of some of this technology. I saw it on yesterday, like dream, dream, dream reading. There was something on television, and they said yes about mind reading. So the things are starting to come out in media now. So, uh, and I've heard that Australia is at the forefront of this technology. So maybe that's why you just mentioned then that I might have be under a different program. Uh, it's complex. You know, even on YouTube, they have technology to see visions. I mean, this is this is stuff you can find on YouTube. They have the machines. They show it hooked up to a person, and it's a rudimentary version of what you know people experience in in our community. But um, and you can see the image, the thoughts of the person. This it's vague, you know. But definitely look it up, guys. There is the technology out there. It's on YouTube, and you can prove that yes. you know. They get a vague, it's a vague kind of a blurry image of what a person might be thinking about. So I thought that was really fascinating. Um, yeah, that well, kind of in the 80s, they sh- I've seen a vision of when a cat was looking at something in the 80s and they showed the cat looking at something and they had this vision of what the cats were seeing on its brain and they showed a man walk past the screen. All that was very blurry. It, it was definitely, they, they were able to map the cat's brain and that was the very first time that they could they could see through someone's eyes or something's eyes, like a living a living being's eyes. So yeah. obviously, since the uh, yeah, I've been and I should probably research a little more. Yeah. Sorry about um, that. I should probably research that a little bit more because I've heard about the cat, and um, but I, I just so I'm skeptical sometimes, even even okay. though I I understand. So, but you know, I'll I'll research that a little bit further. I mean, I I'm sure the technology is more advanced and you know, I can find factual information on. So, you know... I've yeah, well, now, well, now that I know that, I actually close my eyes sometimes. When I place items down, I'll close my eyes and I'll put the item back down and they get very angry with me. They say, mm. stop, stop that, stop that. Oh, they say, oh, oh, open your eyes and all that sort of thing. And even when I get home, they it's like they're looking to see if anything's been moved within the home and I move a few... Like I walk in and I close my eyes and I'll move a few things around with my eyes closed and they get very angry with me. I believe that they they do have what I've seen before with the virtual reality home. It's totally absurd. Okay, and because I work as an escort too, I keep telling them, I say, you are violating my customers' human rights. If they can see everything and hear everything, my customers have paid for a personal service. They don't want anyone looking or listening. It's totally wrong. And they're violating my human rights and violating my customers' human rights as well. It's totally wrong. It should not be done. No, it shouldn't be. But do you want to share more of your story? I love being on your show. (laughs) Do you want to share more or would you like to open it up to questions? Yes, please. I would love that. I probably have a few more things. If I think about things a little bit more, I'd probably be able to remember a few few more. But um, you never know. I might write a book one day because of my life being transgender. I've had lots of experiences in my life. And um, if I was to write a book, book. I would add all this sort of thing into my book as well. Transgender TI. It probably yeah. would sell very well. So mm. it would have done it. I said something the beginning. It should not have done this to me. Yeah, and you know, it'd be a great way to bring attention to the topic and at least you know get yes, interest. Thank because you. even if they're not interested in the targeting topic, they'd be interested in you as a person. So that would be a great platform for you to introduce it to people. Yeah. So anyone out there that could help me write a book um, and willing to invest some money and a great person with a great story, please contact me. <laughs> Yes. Do you want to give an email address while you're saying that? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, my email is um, Kelly Star K E L L Y S T A R nine 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 at hotmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook as well. You can see my posts on there, and you can even see my picture from when I walked down 
the James Street here in Northbridge in our nightclub district, I have Stop V2K written on my breast, which I think I may have sent you the picture of. So yes, I'm like an I international TI now. <laughs> yeah, I thought you loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully you can use that as my picture on the um on the YouTube picture. That would be quite a cool picture. <laughs> and I even thought about hiring. Like, I have some friends that are models, and like you know how unfortunately it seems like sex sells, but you know that. Um, and having just beautiful women on there talking about it with with shirts on, you know, and, you know, I always have these ideas and, you know, I mean, whatever it takes to get this message out, you know, I, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go to, let me open it up. I'm going to go to North Carolina. Hi, North Carolina, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Kelly? Yes, I have one question. I wanted to say that I really liked your story. Like, uh, it's pretty powerful. Thank you. If I could ask. Yeah, you're welcome. If I could ask you one single question right now, just to keep it short, I guess it would be this. It sort of sounds to me like there's somewhat of a connection to like the modeling and the entertainment industry. You know, like you kind of mentioned like your your career and, you know, photography, you mentioned a few different things. Uh, Now, in your time going to these clubs, like these nightclubs and, you know, partying and whatnot out and about, have you ever specifically seen or been at these parties that supposedly exist where they're like devil worshiping or orgies, like sexually perverse? Like, cause that's the kind of person I feel like you gotta be a, a sick person to target someone and harass them. So when I hear these rumors of the entertainment industry and, and these bizarre sexual and devil worshiping behaviors, I was hoping that an insider like you could specifically touch on that. Um, that's my question. I think the military thing you mentioned, the very end, is a little weird, but, you know, it is what it is. You seem like you want to do it. Uh, again, I like your story. Thank you. Yeah, well, just on the military thing, um, I think it would be a great thing for my community, like it would show that we um, can do anything. So that's one of the reasons why I want to do that. And I want to show to all my family and friends now who aren't believing me that I'm a great person. I'm going to show you all how great I am and I'm going to do great things in my life. But in regards to that, um, your question, no, I haven't seen anything that I've read about it. And the only thing I can sort of come up with, it's like a, a front to maybe scare people a lot more who are targets. It seems to me, I'm sure that all these international intelligence agencies, they would have to have a lot of knowledge being in that type of business. So it seems to me that maybe the that satanic side of things has been used as a front to scare target individuals. Um, on, although they did try to abduct me and I've read since about snuff movies, which I didn't even know the meaning of before I Googled it, because um, they said to me that you were going to be used in a snuff movie, all this sacrifice, which I've read about. It's like that's all been brought into it just to scare people a little bit more, just to show that, just to scare you a little bit more. But yeah, so to answer your question, no, definitely I haven't. I'm glad I haven't. And I'm glad that the nightclubs I go to don't participate in that sort of thing. And I don't go to any parties that do all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, um, no. So the answer is no, I haven't seen anything. But I have seen lots of people following. Like the first day I started telling my family and friends about what's going on, I had about five of these black brand new cars following me in the street and I was felt very threatened but that was just so the very first day I started telling people um I had all the gangs talking like so I had like five brand new black cars and they were following me and there was even people at the park where I was going to they were looking at me really like staring at me and things like that and I felt very uncomfortable it looked like they were trying to um, get me into a car there was someone looking around constantly 
and there was this man in this van parked next to me and he looked like a really beefy guy. I was very scared thinking that they were going to drag me into the car because it was in a car park and the car park was empty and they parked right next to my car so that there was a couple of people in the park. So I don't know whether they, that was just to scare me or they richly were trying to catch me because that was the day I tried to tell people. So who knows? There, maybe that side of it is there is that side of it and I'm just sad that I'm not part of that um, yeah, that's definitely not my life. I, I do church cleaning now. My mum was a um, a, commu- a um, volunteer at the St. John of God Hospital for 34 years and I've taken her spot doing church cleaning at the church where I, bapt- where, where I was baptised. So I'm definitely not in that type of thing and I'm glad I'm not. I'm involved in the church a lot, yeah. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you Number very much for asking. Now I'm going to go to Matthew. Hello. Hi, Matthew. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for sharing your story and, um, and you. your views. Uh, my name is Matthew, and I'm, I'm one of the coordinators, along with Ella, of, um, of an organization that we have called Freedom for Targeted Individuals. Yes, I've seen and, that on, online. Yeah, it looks very good. And uh, I've spoken with a couple of uh, TIs in Australia, and one thing that that I think is going on in Australia, or actually I'd like to get your perspective, but it seems like um, there are many, uh, that targeting is pervasive in Australia, but there aren't really, that your community there hasn't really um, crystallized any like uh, organizations or support calls. There's kind of a lack of that in Australia. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely so, yeah. I, that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately, that we don't have, like I mentioned, I'm trying to meet other target individuals here in Australia. I haven't met any, um, which is why I think that the... Because you've had it going on in America for many years now, the gang stalking I've read for 10 years or more, but it just seems to be very new here in Australia and we okay. don't have any support here. It's maybe why as Ella mentioned, that they may be doing things a little bit harder towards me. So they're getting away with a lot more here in Australia. Where mm-hmm. it's, um, but here in Perth, I mean, they might be getting away with a lot more, but it's a very small town. Like a lot of people, if I tell one person, they'll tell another, and it can get, get around very quickly. So it's all that, because Perth's one of the smaller cities in Australia as well. They might be better in Sydney or in um, Melbourne. And I've seen quite a lot of posts about people in Brisbane being targeted, which is where I was on the Gold Coast, which is just on the outskirts of Brisbane. So I think there's quite a lot of it going on there. But, yeah, I do think that there is a big lack of that here in Australia, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, as as I'm sure you know, we have the big disadvantage in our human rights movement and our cause that the crimes are invisible. Uh, so unlike other human rights abuses, um, they're, they're harder to document. But we have the advantage of of the global reach of the crime and the fact that it cuts across all races, all genders, all walks of life, all, um, all types of people. And so that, that's a potentially empowering thing. If we can, if we can bring those people together and we have made, um, some attempts to partner with, uh, organizations in Poland and Japan to a limited extent, but there are um, there are language barriers, 
And so if you see an opportunity or if you feel motivated or if you can, if the right opportunities arise and you and some of your fellow TIs, uh, your sister TIs, uh, what, what have you, in Australia start to form and organize, uh, you should get in touch with us because uh, we could potentially create partnerships and sister organizations uh, in, in Anglophone countries. And so that's something that I think um, Ella and I would be interested in. Uh, and so you should get back to us as, as you, if you make headway and you're interested in, in, in forming those kinds of partnerships. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because um, when I told Gary Owens, who has the site um, Targeted Individual Association, who's taking the UK and the Spanish governments to court, he mentioned to me a couple of days ago when I told him about the top, he said, would you like to start our um, organisation in Australia because I think there's a lack of that here. So, yeah, I mean, it's something I know would be good to help people who are going through it. And, yeah, I think that there, we should start something like that here in Australia and put the word out more that there is some help here because it's not fair at all. Well, the, the, uh, the support is definitely one important part of it, but the part that, um, that I'm personally more interested in and the part that's also critical is, is the activism side. And uh, I think there are some, um, some initiatives and actions that we could do and coordinate in different countries um, that that could that could be useful. And and I personally, I think just from hearing you speak, I think you have great energy and uh, you're a great spokeswoman for this um, for this cause. And I think you could potentially reach um, reach into different communities. Um, you know, the, it's the diversity it's the diversity um, that can potentially be our strength. And so just um, keep all this in mind. And as you make headway. Uh, you should keep in touch with us, and maybe we can, uh, you know, if, if if only in name, we can start out. We can we can set up um, sister organizations in in different areas. So, anyway, I, I'm I'm really glad you're speaking out. Um, I think you have, I, I think you're well spoken, and you have great energy. So, thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Matthew. Bless you. That's really kind of you to say. I appreciate that so much. It's nice to have someone like yourself who is with a great organization helping people tell me that I'm doing well. So I really appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Good day. Thank you, Matthew. I'm going to come to Cece. Hi, Cece. Hi, Cece. Hi. How's everybody tonight? Okay. Oh, good. Considering all Good. Thanks, Kelly, for your uh, testimony there. Um, you, uh, both of you were discussing uh, about the intelligence agencies or government doing this. You have to remember that corporations are behind this as well. And that's um, that includes uh, uh, corporate, uh, or how do I want to say, government... Uh, uh, corporations, you know, corporations that do work for government. Uh, and remember um, that gal who's now in Russia, who was a TI from, I think, Australia, I could be wrong, um, Dawson, I think is her last name. Um, I think she indicated that in WikiLeaks it indicates that... Um, government contractors are part of targeting. 
So it's uh, corporations, all sorts of corporations have their hand in the cookie jar, private investigators. uh, And I just the other day uh, was listening to someone who has been researching this. I can't remember. I, I listen to as many as I can who are researching this technology. And he said um, that this technology is available for and being sold. So uh, it could be, like as I have thought before, uh, uh, major corporations are buying this technology and using it against whomever they choose, uh, including, for example, you know, injured workers. There are several injured workers that are targeted. Uh, yeah. Whistleblowers are targeted. Um, so there is definitely, without a doubt, uh, corporations uh, who are participating not only in uh, the organized stalking part and the tactics utilized against TIs, but um, uh, I would go as far to say as they probably also have the technology and are using it. Um, I think of what Dr. Robert Duncan and Dr. John Hall said, that uh, you don't need to be implanted to be tracked by this technology. Uh, All they need is your EEG. And uh, how they get that, whether it's standing behind you with some sort of handheld technology um, or otherwise, uh, uh, they're able to get it. You know, obviously they're able to get our uh, brain signature waves or, you know, whatever the EEG is. So um, never everybody needs to know, never leave out corporations. Uh, and and think about it too. When you go to work and uh, the uh, tactics are used against you at work, that's another corporation, and it's your employer who's participating in these programs against you. So uh, the corporate element needs to be mentioned anytime you want to identify a government agency as the culprits behind uh, these heinous programs. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Thanks so much. Yeah, well, just, just to add to that too, um, I've, read, I've read about that and I thought to myself, because of the psychological warfare tactics I've had used and practiced against me, I presumed that it probably would be the intelligence agency because I thought, why would they go to such lengths and why would they be practicing it seems to me they're practicing these tactics. Why would they go to such lengths um, if if they weren't from the intelligence agency practicing practicing with this new type of weaponry which can be used? So um, I presume that it probably would be the intelligence agency here in Australia, which is ASIS, the Australian Secret Intelligence Services. I'm pretty, pretty sure that's the correct terminology for it. Um, so. Um, I've presumed it is them because of the only because of the tactics that have been used against. I think why why would a corporation waste their time? But yeah, I do. Want, I have read that as well. It's very sad that anyone would do this to someone. It's totally wrong. And I keep saying to them, it's something I keep saying to them. Just remember, you're illegal. Don't think you ever have any right to speak to me with voice to skull, or don't think you have the right to 
speak to me with any authoritative voice because you're being illegal and I haven't done anything wrong. I don't deserve this. Yeah, so it's good to give to speak back to them with some type of authority back to them. And that's what probably I would say to other TIs as well. Just say, just keep saying that to them. And I often always say to them, what would your mother and father and your grandparents and your brothers and sisters think of you right now if they knew exactly what you were doing to me? I said they would all be very angry with you so you need to think about that because one day I because be I believe in life after death or we have a soul so one day they'll they'll be with their family again and they'll have to answer for what they've done wrong whether that's to God or what, whoever we believe in in afterlife or if we believe in their spirits but I, I do believe that and um, of course their families would think that was horrible and they don't like whenever I mention their mothers and fathers I said what would your mother and father think of what you're doing now they say stop saying that and they said we hate it when they, we hate it when you say that and just to say to you I've actually given my perpetrators a name um, a counsellor I spoke to recently she said that's actually very good because it's taking it's like you're the one in like with the power you've given them a name so I've given them all names and that's like I'm I'm in control of them so it's good to know that we can be in control. Don't let think that they are in control because all their actions only come from what we're planning to do or what we're going to do the next hour. They they do everything around about what you're going to do for the next hour or two. Or um, for the last couple of days, they've been depriving me of sleep. I think they're wanting me to be upset today because they knew I was planning to come on the show. So they've been very harsh with me for the last couple of days. They're trying to upset me as much as they can before I come on the show, which is what they did this morning as well. The last couple of hours before I came on the show, they were really trying to get at me, trying to get me very angry and get me really worked up. So I went out for a little while and I was just in the shop and I was just laughing away and I was just kept saying silly things to them. I kept myself busy with laughing. So, yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, thanks, Cece. Okay, now I'm going to come to Massachusetts. Hi, Massachusetts. Hi, Kelly. It's so good to hear you tonight. Are you able to hear me? We can yes, hear you. Yes, I am. Yes. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Gosh, uh, your story is heartbreaking, and uh found myself getting teary-eyed in places. And some of the things you spoke of I also related to on a personal level. Uh, so I thank you so much for your story that you shared, and I hope this brings you in connection deeper with us as a group. Thank you so much, Lucy. You're welcome. And connects you to those in Australia nearby so that you can reach out and touch someone when you need to get the support or uh, just run things by people. We get a lot from each other bouncing off ideas and uh, even if it's just in the comfort of someone listening, it really helps. Yes. I, do have, I do have one question for you. And that is, you spoke of a conversation you had with a senior health officer. I think you said it was a senior health officer. Yes, that was just last yeah. week, yes. And I didn't quite catch the name of this artificial device that the military is developing. So I'd like to be able to look up to research that and understand it better. Would you, would you actually spell it for me? Yeah, Jade Helm, J-A-D-E, and then Helm, H-E-L-M. Um, if you Google that um, and then have a look at the videos, you'll see there's um, like a picture of the falcon, I think, which is used in the American crest. I think that's the picture there. If you have a look at that one, you'll see a very well-spoken woman who speaks very knowledgeably about the, about the topic and she goes through all the patents and everything about the brainwave manipulation and the voice to skull and all the things they're doing. Um, so the fact that there's all these patents there as well, which it helps to get people to understand that this is reality, 
because whenever I post things on Facebook, I have many people coming in and saying, no, no, you need to see your psychiatrist. Even my father, I've tried to explain what's going on with him. He's actually 82, but he used to be a computer engineer. So he, because of the fact that they, they've been very cunning and they've able to get me a, I think I, when I went to the, the mental hospital, I got put down as having a psychotic episode. So that hasn't been good. And I've since read that if you get mental health diagnosis, um, they can then test on you harder because you've then now people think that you have a mental problem. So, yeah, Jade Helm would be what you should look up, and that's the artificial intelligence wise. Apparently, there's two in use around the world at the moment, and I'd say that they're probably just practicing. There's black files apparently made up against all types of individuals. It's like a fake file, and they're running those files through the Jade Helm system to test the system at the moment. Okay, that's very helpful. And I just wanted to add one more thing before I leave you for someone else's questions. I just wanted to say um, I second what Matthew Aaron spoke of. You are an incredible spokesperson. You're eloquent and extremely well gifted. Um, so I just encourage you uh, to continue on with that. I know that you'll be great for people who need you in the TI community as you reach out to them. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That, um, yeah, you don't know how much how happy that makes me feel. It's really, really, really kind of you to say. I love that so much. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night. Bless you. See you. Okay, so now I'm going to come down to East Maryland. It's Vanetta. Hmm, my board's not working. Hold on. If I could just add something else too that happened too. Um, when they were telling me they were from an international crime group, the first night I defied them, I went to a nightclub because I love seeing drag shows. They make me laugh. I went to the nightclub and I got home and my two poor little doggies had been bashed within my home. Um, both of them, their stomachs were filled with food um, and their eyes, around their eyes was red like they'd been hit across the face and they were both petrified. They were shaking and my yeah. little girl dog, um, both, they're both senior dogs, they're over 10 years of age. She was just shaking and she looked at me and she, like, she was crying and she looked to the wall like she was just lost for hope. And it broke my heart because it was like I wasn't there to protect her. But this was the first night they kept telling me that I was going to the nightclub. They kept saying, don't go to the nightclub, don't go to the nightclub, don't go to the nightclub. And I got dressed, I went to the nightclub, I came home in the morning and then that day I realized they had been bashed, like after an hour or two of coming home, I thought, oh, my dog's acting a bit strange. And I'd look at them a bit and I realized around their eyes was red and they were petrified. And this is the strange thing. That woman who was the driver of the vehicle, the one they tried to abduct me in, she, this was on the Gold Coast on Queensland, the other side of Australia, I live in Perth. The day I went to the nightclub and they got bashed, I took my dogs for the walk the next day. And she drove past me in the street and she smiled at me like a wicked witch. And I said to them, I said, that's the most evil sight I've ever seen in my whole life. My poor little dog had just been bashed and she drove past me. And I've even joked, she had, because of her hair um, is so full, like she's a very recognizable woman. who has got like mousy sort of brown colored hair and but very strangely full, but also a bit frizzy looking, like a fairy floss head. I actually joke to her, I keep saying awful things about her, which isn't in my nature. I hate being rude to people. If I ever walk, see someone and I catch myself judging someone, I'll quickly wish the opposite. Like if I've judged them, say their hair's not nice, I'll say, please, that they, please can they have the best hairstyle that they'll ever have? And I'm, that's the type of person I am. So although, I mean, they're doing an awful thing to me, so I need to stand up for my rights, but I don't like being rude to people. So, but... It was, it was an awful experience 
having her drive past me in the streets and smile at me like a wicked witch. It was awful. Yeah. Sometimes you may think of something. I'll see someone, I'll go, wow, that's some pretty bad hair. And then I go, wait a minute, we've all had bad hair days. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want nice. to myself and be a spiritual person and you know and or I'll focus on something like well look how beautiful their eyes are whatever the case may be you know you yeah. want to be the best person you can be so I, I understand that okay Marilyn and just one other thing too just one other little quick thing too um, every time I go to my mother's grave they say to me suck in your your mum died and in the original originally too they were telling me because my mum was an organ donor at um, 79 years of age um, they were telling me, they said, we have your mother's heart in a jar and we are going to rape you and feed oh. it to you. That's what, they were, that's what they were telling me originally, like when I was very scared about what they were doing. So the stuff that they come out with, it's just absurd. Like where would they, who would think to say that to someone? It's just crap. But I now know that never to believe a word they say. Like everything they say is a lie and I don't believe nothing. Hmm. It's such darkness. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, who knew that? No, it's so understand, so yeah, incomprehensible. those types of things. You know, it's yeah, it's disgusting their behaviour. But it's all—I think it's all a front for what they're doing. All this gang stalking and that is just to cover up what they're doing. Because when you tell people about these people are following me or they're saying these weird things, it all sounds too strange. So it's like they're using that as a front to cover up the real meaning behind what they're doing of targeting individuals to gain information. That's how right. I feel, anyway. So Marilyn, I've unmuted you. Hi, hi, Kelly. Hi, I'm Vanetta. Hello. And I want hello. And I want to thank you for sharing with us your story. Thank you. Um, we've um, on the other calls. I talk. We've talked with people from Australia, and you're right. Um, I feel awful. Um, part of being American and knowing that our country is responsible for such a monstrous program, and that to uh, ensnare people from all over the world. But I want to thank you so much for standing up. Um, I think you're very brave um, and certainly, and the fact that you maintain your poise and your sanity with all they put you through, I think it's wonderful. And the fact that you're speaking out about it, you know, you don't, yeah. you know that you haven't done anything wrong, that you yeah. were targeted um, <laughs> yeah, because of something nefarious that they wanted to do. And I think that is just grand. Let me ask you though, when you, um, um, and you you shared a lot with us. Why do you think they put you in the program? Or why you know we all ask this question. Why me? You know. Yeah. Why? That's, well, that's yeah. It's what my friends and family like. Like I try and tell them what's going on. They say, but why would they do it to you, Kelly? Why would they do it to you? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. if I knew, I'd be telling you why. But that's our number one question. Why do they do it to me? So. To answer that, because they call me by my birth name and the fact that um, in the American military you're not allowing transgender women, I presume it's because of the only fact they just don't like me because I'm transgender. And they've even said that. They said, we hate transgender women. So, okay. And the fact that I work as an escort as well, um, I, don't, um, I don't say that I've had uh, full surgeries. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a woman now, of course, and I, I don't legally have to say that I've had um, gender reassignment surgery, so that's the only reason I can come up with the fact that I've been targeted. That probably they don't like it, and the fact that I've read that it's DARPA, the NSA, who are controlling all the other countries. I presume that I've been targeted just for being transgender alone, and which is the reason why um, I know it's totally wrong. Because I said that's the wrong reason why discrimination and intelligence don't go together. 
Exactly. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing your story. And I Thank welcome you. to the TI community. Thank you. Yay. We need Thank people you. like you who are strong and, you know, stand up and don't back down. Yeah. And uh, you got a lot of courage, girl. You go. Thank okay. you. Thank Yay. You. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good day. Thanks, Manetta. Now I'm going to come to Northwest New York. Hi, New York. Hey, what's up? Not a lot. How Hi. are you? I'm all right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you have a question? Um, how's the progress? How's the, the, the progress? Yes. Um, progress is good. Um, I'm certainly doing well for myself now. I'm um, involving myself in community groups, and I think that's important. Of what I read, you can't isolate yourself. So that's something I'm doing constantly, and I'm getting a flatmate to move in. Although she's going to be working 9 to 5, I'm even thinking myself to go and work 9 to 5. So I'm thinking outside of the box and um, just constantly trying to keep myself busy and um, just talking, just calling friends on the phone to talk to them instead of being home alone. Um, I'll put my phone on speaker um, and being proactive. Like in the ukulele group, it was amazing because uh, on that mother's funeral, they played that song um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow with the guy with the ukulele singing. So that's what made me, first of all, go to a ukulele group where they were going to play off. I met a new friend and she said, oh, I'm playing, playing this down at, um, um, at this ukulele festival. So I went there to listen to Somewhere Over the Rainbow which um, was coincided with the year after my mother's death, which was just a few weeks ago. And um, so, yeah, the progress is going great, and I'm not going to let this beat me. And they constantly say to me, just kill yourself, just kill yourself. And I'm like, well, you just stop doing what you're doing and stop stop doing it because it's illegal. So I think it's good just to keep telling them that they're illegal and don't think you have any right to speak to me with any authority. And, um, yeah, the progress is good. Um, even in my street, the priest from the mental hospital, luckily he just walked past my house one day and he goes, because uh, when I was at the hospital, he goes, I live in Scarborough too. He goes, I've seen you driving around in your little red convertible. I have a, Mer- I have a Mercury Capri. You have a car over there which was built in Australia. I drive one of those. I have a car club for them. And um, he goes, I've seen you driving around with your loud music. So he actually lives in my street. And I've now got beautiful friends up the road. Um, I can go to his house whenever I like. And I can pick roses there and I can take them to my mother's grave. So I often go to my mother's grave and I sprinkle across the whole grave. I sprinkle, I sprinkle about like 100 roses, like from 100 roses, sprinkle all beautiful coloured petals. It looks beautiful because I threw one little pink rose into my mother's grave when she passed away. So we had a little connection with roses. So... Progress is definitely good, and um, it's great to come on here. It feels very empowering to put my story out there, and I probably urge anyone else who's going through the same thing just to definitely tell lots of people, and I've now learned that that's our best hope is to get everyone to know about this, the general population to know about it, because that's going to help us in the end. Agreed. Thanks, Kevin. I'm going to come down to California. Thank you. Hi, California. Sometimes people are on mute or they're or they've walked away. Yeah. Hello? Yep. Hello. Hi. Oh, I just want to say thank you. It is just so admirable um to have the courage to speak out and you know, that's what's gonna get this notice and that's what's gonna change the current. And I thank Ella for bringing wonderful people like you on to the call and speaking up because I can tell you 
that I was in the Air Force, and I can tell you, you know where Christchurch is. Uh, we had trips going there. We had planes going there all the, all the time. If you look up Operation Military Operation Dreamworld, you will see all these incremental bases. They took down the big bases worldwide, and they've made little mini bases to cut out funding and maximize with the minimal personnel and, and use you know the drones, the major bases we have where I know where the drones are. So anyway, I was 19 years in the Air Force, and um, I wasn't sure how I felt about this, but it's changing now. So if people go in to the military and they're already transgender, um, or actually, yeah, if they are already in, they can't kick them out. Um, yes. And that's changing too. I mean, this is this presidency um, and these old bogey military generals from the Marine Corps and the Army that just have this brash, you know, just I can never get with that, you know, the attitude. So I support you, and I want to give you my my number. Um, I'm Amy, and there's another woman, Bet, from Australia. I don't know what part, but um, my friend Feather has her number, and she has a big plot of land with a bunch of animals, and you could get with her. And oh, I know about Jade Helm. When Jade Helm happened, I did not know what I did not know until I connected with this Navy wife in Virginia who told me she was the one that broke that story with Jade Helm 15 in 2015. That's when they really came at me when I started telling other vets and active duty, what do you know about this Jade Helm? And all these senior retirees were telling me, oh, yeah, we know about that and more. So that's when I really got annihilated and attacked. But I'm a whistleblower. I always have been since I was little. Before I even went in the military, I always stood up for myself, and I encourage you to keep doing the same because all of these people on here have your back. And um, I'll be more than happy to give you my number to pass on to Feather, to pass on to Bet, who's in Australia. And we will beat this. I was stationed in the U.K., and so I knew there was a lot of weird things going on there at RAF uh, in uh, near Sussex, well, in Essex, Essex County, near Ipswich, but an hour from out of London in 85. So I know about Jade Helm. I know about so many black ops experiments that I I didn't know because we didn't have the Internet then. But then I came to find out in 2003 when I... Uh, left active duty after my first contract was up and um, was in the first war campaign. We were bombing Libya and then Desert Storm and then Operation Rocky Freedom. That's when I really went all out. And I'm like, you know, I expect I'm going to go to Leavenworth for this, for protecting these two airmen that they were trying to beat down just because they get joy out of doing that. And I'm like, you know, this is for all the people that feel disenfranchised. I'm doing this for y'all. It's worth going to prison for. I had a good life. God has allowed me to to go places and and meet people and and wonderful people of all different cultures. So, you know, I, I'm just saying thank thank you God for that. Now I think it's my time to be a martyr, and uh, don't feel bad about it at all. I don't have any regrets, you know. And if they take my yeah. life, uh, we know we go into the next realm. Every soul that God created is going to go into the next realm, uh, whatever that is. And we all have to answer for what we do or don't do and you know I catch myself constantly trying to correct myself that did that come out right no maybe that didn't sound right 
let me correct myself when I said that. I didn't mean it how it sounded, so let me restate that. So all these great people um, that I just feel so entitled to know and privileged that I don't know, Not that I would never, you know, I thought about it, but I, I would never give them the chance of me taking my own life. So if anything happened to me, I told some other TIs, if anything happens to me, it's not going to be at my own hands, and I'm unafraid. They took, they killed my dad two years after I came back, so I know what you mean about grieving your mother. My mom is an alcoholic and substance abuser, so she was just never there, you know what I mean, mentally or whatever. But my dad, I grieved, I, I prayed, I begged God, let me trade places with him, anything. But it was just a slow kill, and they made him suffer through it all too, uh, because I did work with senators high up. And you should look at MI6 and see who is all at the head, all the way down to the bottom. And the, you know about the Israeli Mossad, they're involved too. They have been. Um, and many more factions. I could tell you more about who I talked to, um, this former defense prime minister of um, Canada, uh, who's in his 80s, talks about a lot of what you just mentioned and other people on the call have mentioned about um, many of these things, these covert things. Because a lot of these elder people, you know, they're getting close to death, so they want it off their chest. And there's a 50-year time period where classified and top secret information um, can then be um, opened up depending on the circumstances and the things surrounding it. But it has to be kept for 50 years. But I want to give you my name and my number. Um, you know, you are you are loved and you are welcome just like everybody on here has got such a beautiful soul that I pray for all the time that we win this war and we are winning this war, whether you want to believe it or not. Yeah. I can tell you the things I know and share with you and share with others and, you know, thank Ella for her beautiful soul, you know, to be so welcoming and make everybody feel so at ease and, and comfortable in telling this story. So my number is 760-994-5292. Oh. 5292, is that right? Yeah, it's, yeah, 7609-9452-9292-7609-9452-9292-7609-9452-9292-7609-9452-9292-7609-9452-9292-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7609-9492-7
we're going to we're going to have ringing noises put in your ear constantly. So that's something I'm a bit. I've been thinking, oh my god, by doing this, am I now? Are they aren't going to get angry with me? Because they've last few days they've been putting lots of ringing tones through my ears and those frequencies oh, and things. That. Yeah, get that too. And just to help, just for a little bit of help for people, um, I've been playing lots of Louise Hay affirmation CDs, so to stop myself constantly thinking negatively. And I've been yes. running the frequencies because if you Google love frequency or sleep frequencies, because I know they're working yes. with frequencies to affect people's moods, awesome. um, you can have them playing in your home all the time. So that's another little tip for people as well to, yeah, to Google love frequency or sleep frequency music, and use those as well dancing, to help you. Music, dancing, anything to. Uh, Distract your attention away from what they're trying to do, their little show or, or whatever, following yeah. or And or also whatever. another thing too is to not to not think to communicate with them. If you can yep. speak to communicate, they don't like it when when you speak to communicate with them. They they want you to be thinking, and it's like they don't. Yeah, they don't, and they don't like the TV being on for some reason as well. I don't know why <laughs> they really? don't seem to attack me so much when the TV's on. Uh, yeah, because your attention is diverted. <laughs> such a strange I day getting work. to be talking about all of this but yeah it's happening no, so it's what, we need to talk thing. about it yeah absolutely well thank you so much you. and it's a pleasure yeah. and a privilege to meet you and thank you i will give you, you know, a call i'd love to hear from uh, from your friend i'd love to go to her farm yeah, thank you <clears throat> she's very supportive we'll come down to arizona now hi arizona hi ella and hi to your guest. Hi, hi. I just want to tell your guest and the community that um, Targeted Justice has started, and we are also in the process of creating satellite websites for our website, Targeted Justice. What is happening is that the foreign citizens are getting blocked. And so the only way to get around that is to take our website and create satellite websites. And so we are now going into six different countries. One is Australia. So I'd okay, like you to okay. watch for that and contact us. Yes, contact us. And then uh, we have on our website, we have um, a template for an affidavit. And I'm encouraging everybody to please send in your affidavit. Take that template fill it out and send it in so we can put it on our website. This is the only way that we're going to bring this stuff down is to expose and to tell our stories. Yes. And so then I just want to also say, too, that, you know, we have a lot of great people who are helping us with research. We have a lot of, we have a great team who, they do a lot of great research as well. We have discovered that the satellite systems are being run out of Schriever Airport in Colorado Springs. That is where the command center is. And so we actually traveled there uh, just very recently, and we protested in front of Schriever Airport. And uh, we got a lot of attention, so it was not good. It didn't go bad, though. It was fine. But we stayed there for a number of days and handed out a lot of flyers. Richard Lighthouse himself handed out over 450 in one day. So, you know, we're trying. We're trying to get the word out there. But we're trying to determine where the command centers are. And so for the satellite system systems, it is in Colorado Springs. Uh, that's where the satellites okay. are run at Schriever Airport. So okay. go to our website. Um, Infor- the information is there. Ella is on our team as well. Um, and what's the website called? Targeted Justice. 
Justice.com. Targeted Justice. Okay, great. Thank you. We just got a, our 501 3C um, status, so we are now a nonprofit. But uh, uh, I would love, to, yeah, I'd love for you to get in contact with me, and maybe you can, you know, be instrumental with uh, contacting us, and so that we can finish up doing a website in uh, a satellite website for Australia. And we also have another okay, one I'll, in India. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah I just hope because that um, that's what's I, don't, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I don't have any shielding in my home, so I hope that they're not going to be Aww. using these directed energy weapons on, on me more now that I, because they know I don't have any shielding here. Uh, I can't yeah. afford to buy a Faraday cage and things at the moment, so um, they keep saying to me, yeah, we're hitting you with directed energy weapons. And I've even, because I've heard about other people saying that their parents were killed, I thought to myself, what's to say they didn't kill my mother? I mean, so it's an awful thing to think about, but who knows? They just don't know okay. with them. Because she died of a heart attack and a stroke, so and then I've learned that they can do that with the, with the weapons they have. They can make you have a heart attack or stroke, or that right. cooking your organs. So they keep telling me because I keep my head feels hot sometimes. I they keep saying, yeah, we're cooking your brain. So they said you're going to die a horrible death. So I don't. Oh. I'm certainly not going to be hurting myself, and I just hope that they're not doing that to me because yeah, it's not fair. No, it's not fair, and you are very courageous. So. We thank need you targeted for justice. On the show. Targeted <laughs> justice, yes. Yeah, so Yay, thank you. So thank yeah. you, Ella, very much. And thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, so we have time for one more question. Let me go down to I think at Colorado when we but I'll go to Northwest California. Hi, Northwest California. Oh, hi, Ella. Thank you for unmuting me. Um, um, wonderful guest. Thank you, Kelly, for all of your information. It's You're welcome. really, really good to put it out there. Um, Thank you. I wanted to ask if you knew of John Finch in Australia. I've seen, um, when I've Googled a lot about what's going on, I've seen the name there, and I think I've sent him one message, but I didn't hear anything back from him before. But I have seen his contact details there. So I tried to call his phone. Um, I didn't, couldn't get through. I think I left a message. I may have sent an email, but I've never heard back from him. But, yeah, I have seen on him. Okay. Um, I'm sure he's difficult to get a hold of. He does have a Facebook page. Um, and the reason I mention him is because he's one of your biggest activists in Australia, and he okay. has a listing of all of the other targets in Australia. He's okay, also, wow. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be difficult because, you know, our communications are tampered, just be nice about it. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, um, I would certainly keep trying to get in touch with him because he can put you in touch with any anybody else in in your country that's going through this, and um, that oh, can be done. We'll do that. Um, I also wanted to say I I wanted to mention just a few things briefly. Um, one is that your story is very valuable because. Um, I don't suffer from VQK, but a lot of people on this call do. And I think you really show that you really should not listen to these people. And you certainly... Yeah, I've had it for one follow, year now, the VQK. Yeah. Uh, well, you certainly shouldn't follow the directions. 
Yeah, um, no, definitely it, not. No. You know, when Don't I get into heard, any cars. <laughs> yeah, when I heard how close you were to getting into real trouble because you were yeah. trying to save your family and do what they were telling you to do. And, you know, I just mm. want to point that out to everybody here that, you know, following these directions can really get you into much worse trouble, um, no matter yes. what they say. Um, also, I wanted to just, Susie mentioned, um, let's see, Susie Dawson, um, who's actually in Russia now, and she's a target from New Zealand, not Australia. She says that her targeting has stopped in Russia. Uh, a couple of people have said that, actually. Um, you know, <laughs> it's a real interesting situation we're in, but um, she's definitely worth someone worth um, looking at. Uh, yeah, I've she's someone, who's gone to, someone who's gone to Dubai, and they said that their targeting from Australia is still the same. They were in Perth, and they're living in Dubai now, and it's still the same. So, Oh, look, oh, it's actually, she said... She was fighting the good fight in New Zealand, and she was. She says the NSA is in New Zealand in Australia. She said the NSA is what? Sorry. In in New Zealand and Australia. Yes. She is somebody to uh, you know listen to her videos because she's very knowledgeable, and she said yes. that she she went up to um, Europe to try to get away from that, and she didn't get away from it until. She went into Eastern Europe and specifically Russia. And she's wow. actually trying to get political asylum there, but it's complicated. Um, and she's also running for the Prime Minister of New Zealand while she's in Russia. So it's a very interesting story. Um, yeah, well, I don't and, think Russians are very good to the LGBTI community. So I don't think I'll be rushing there very quickly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I really know nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, one other thing, I'll mention what um, uh, the last um, caller mentioned, is uh, there's a very, very good interview with Ramola D. Now, most people on this call will know who she is, Ramola D. and Richard Lighthouse about... Um, what Yaya was just saying about how there's he claims, and I think he's the next uh, NASA scientist. Please correct me if I'm wrong. He claims that this Air Force base in Colorado is just about the only place on Earth that this could be um, done from. And the interview, the interview is. Is fascinating. Everybody should listen to this. It's about an hour long, and it's Ramola D. and Richard Lighthouse. And uh, if this is true, which it sounds like it is, we got some work to do. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Anyways, um, we're getting there. You know, hang on and get all the support you can. And thanks so much for coming forth. Thank you. Um, yeah, we all that's the only place. Sorry, I'm sorry. Say that again. I was going to say that the the voices I've been hearing, the two, there's a male and a female voice. They're definitely Australian voices. So 
whether they uh-huh. have technology with they because I know that one person can speak into the device and the same voice comes out all the time, which is what I knew straight away. There must be more than two people talking because they were there. I forgot to the toilet in the middle of the night, same person, always talking. Any any time of the day, they're always there. So I realized quite quickly it can't be the same person, but the two voices I hear constantly and there has been two other voices to seem like they're in control of the two people. There's been Australian voices and they've come along and they said, Kelly, we are, I, I, I'm the head of ACES here in Australia. Um, just go and get your surgery, come back to Perth and we can help you. So they've, they've been saying all this stupid stuff to me. But um, yeah, definitely Australian voice. And the two voices I've been hearing, strangely enough, they sound like really nice people. So I say, you sound like you're lovely people, like you would have had a very good upbringing, but why would you involve yourself in this? And the guy actually jokes around with me because um, he sounds like he's like a really handsome, good-looking guy. And he's like, Michael Tannum, he goes, will, will you marry me? And it's just like, oh, my God. And once or twice he sounded like he was a little bit camp, like he sounds like a great, <laughs> greatly spoken guy. And he's like, so I actually joke with him. I said, Yo, you're actually gay, aren't you? And you're a closet homosexual. I say silly things like that. And the girl's voice, she sounds very jolly and very happy, although... Anyone can be jolly and happy. Sometimes that jolly, happy tone can be a trip like um, girls are a little bit overweight. They can be all happy and jolly out in public. So I joke with her. I said, you sound like one of those little fat, jolly, happy girls, but when you go home, you eat a couple of pizzas and then you're crying in the corner, aren't you? So I sort of give, I joke, I constantly joke back with them and I try and make everything very jovial all the time and I'm constantly mocking them back just to make myself laugh. And they'll say yeah. silly things to me, like I'll just say the opposite thing back to them. Or this morning when they were talking to me as soon as I woke up, because they talked to me as soon as I wake up, I said, maybe I think I'm clairvoyant, because I'm hearing all these voices and I know what they're saying. So I'm constantly just like making myself laugh all the time. So I think it's been a very good thing to do to help just to lighten the mood a little bit. I do thank you so much for your information. I, yeah, I have learned to laugh. I look at it as entertainment, a lot of it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, look, I've got my own private, um, you know, play going on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know, and it really does help. And, um, you know, that's how you defeat this, is that you, <clears throat> you frame it in the way that is beneficial to you. Yeah, well, hopefully I do get a good-looking guy with a beautiful voice come along and want to marry me one day because I want to get married again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't trust anybody in this program. I mean, yes. I, you know, there are any hot you know, guys out there, please message me, ASAP. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you have heard of the term honeypot. Um, yeah. Those are people put in your life romantically to control you. So yes. you have to yeah, be, as a target, you have to be very careful with the dating world. I mean, you really do. Uh, but good luck to you. I love your spirit. And please come back again if you can to the Thank call. Thank you so much. That's you. Good night. Thank you so much. Okay. With that, I'm going to go ahead and end the call. And I just want to say, Kelly, thank you so much. I'm glad you were able to make it on. And um, you're invited back anytime. Thank you, Ella. It's um, been a pleasure. And um, it's really empowering to be on your show. And, yeah, it's been great. I've been feeling really good about it all week. And it actually feels like I'm doing something good good about it. But they have been very negative in the fact that they know that I've been doing great things in my life now with 
wanting to change my employment and I'm exercising every day and wanting to do things. So I just hope that they leave me alone, which is, yeah, all that any of us want. But um, it seems like all the things that they've been doing, it seems like they're just annoying me now with their, the tactics and things and the training and the questions they were they were asking and trying to use my my answers against me with any things I've done wrong. It seems like that's all stopped mm-hmm. now. And I begged them a couple of weeks, I please, can you stop this? And if they'd done it a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't have been telling the police officer about Jared Helm and that mental health officer. So I think they're a bit, I think they're kicking themselves. I think they often say to me, we wish we'd never done this to you, Kelly. So, and that's what I said to them from the beginning. You, this is wrong. Um, this won't work out for you. And I'm the wrong person. And I know that things will work out for me in the end because I'm a very lucky person. And, I, they've actually said that now. We wish we'd never targeted you in the beginning now, Kelly. Mm-hmm. And my poor yeah, mother, I, was, I, can... I just think about her. I think to my mother, I think, what was my beautiful mother? She worked for 34 years as a volunteer worker. And she, I can just imagine like how, because she used to worry about me the most. So I just, I often think, what would she be thinking? Yeah, she'd be so sad for me. What's going on? Mm. stay strong well, like she taught strong. me very good values so I'm strong because of her and I'm going to make it and I've got a, I've got the best ally now my mother she used to go to church like five mornings a week and things so we had I grew up around nuns and priests when I was growing up so um, I know I've got a lot of support um, both from people in on the world and spirits around and things like that so all these dark entities and all this evilness can go away because all the goodness and the light is going to protect me in the long run. And I hope that for every other target individual too. Stay strong. And don't let them win because you've already won because they've lost in the beginning before they started. And you're, we're with you too now. So you take care, be strong, and we'll stay in touch. Bless you, Allah. Thank you so much. Lots of love. Thank you, everyone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.